Sorry, what's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Guy for being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. My whole life is, 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 is crazy as hell. So um, anyway, I think it's Tuesday. Shout out to the Tuesday Titans in the building, all right? One of the first times I never remember what day it is, all right? So anyway, man, you know, I'm recovering. I'm doing well. Um, I will, I'll leave out the details of what's going on here, but I'm pushing through it. Uh, and I'm getting some rest here and there. Uh, but this is a busy week for me. It's crazy. So, um, at least I'm not sweating like crazy, like I was in the morning In the morning, I feel far worse. Um, in the afternoon and evening, I'm a lot better and, uh, just waiting for whatever to kick in kicks in. Anyway, Gordita Tuesday, it's slow Tuesday in the building. All right. So we got a great show today. We're going to talk about never believe what she says, especially in the first six months of knowing her. All right, I know what you're going to think on this one. All right, we're talking about hashtag believe all women. All right, that that kind of in itself tells you how you shouldn't believe them. All right, if you need to have a marketing campaign on believe all women, all right, that is one of the most disingenuous things that you can promote. All right, because that means even if she's lying, you're supposed to believe her. Now, I know what happened. This is what happens. Let me explain what happens. All right, you guys get into relationships. You get into the early parts of your relationships or before you even get into the relationships, you guys know. What's going to happen is this. You hit up your Tinder. And you say, well, perhaps I'll download Tinder to see what's out there. And you go hogging. And eventually what you'll find is, hey, man, these people aren't half that bad. All right. Yeah, she's a little thick. She's a little bit of a, you know, she's got a little bit of a belly. And she's got a little bit of uh, fat curl up on the side of her hips and all these things. And you start looking and going, how bad this can this person possibly be? I mean, we're the same age. You're 40. She's 40. We make a fantastic power couple. And she starts treating you well. All right. Why you treat me so well? I don't know why, baby. All right. And then you start watching her put her sausage fingers all over you. She's treating you good. After you roar, roar, she starts cleaning up. All right. She starts cleaning you up and all of this stuff. Like, wow, this person knows how to treat a man. All right, she goes and gets that warm rag and she runs it across your body and she lets you lay there. All right, she's like, I'll take care of my man. I know what a man needs, all right? And you're like, I'll overlook that gun. I'll overlook all of that cellulite on the rear, all right? I, this, is, this is a real woman. And then you start to get to know her. You start to get to know her and you want to believe everything because you start saying, well, coach, man, I love this one. This girl's different. She's not like these other girls, all right? She's not like these other girls. You don't even know. And eventually, uh, she's my ride or die. This is my real love. Our love is like no other love, coach. All right. Our love is like no other love. So eventually what happens is when I start hitting you with this information and knowledge about, you know, you probably shouldn't trust her yet until six months and one day. You start saying, man, coach, man, this is love is built on trust. Every relationship you have to have trust, despite the fact that 99% of your relationships absolutely imploded and failed mostly because of a lie. Either you told a lie to her or she told a lie to you and you guys could not resolve that lie. You couldn't even live with that. So there was no resolution and you went off looking for love in all the wrong places. All right. And let's go ahead and show you one more time where you went looking for love. Yeah. You, you went on Tinder. You went on Bumble. You went on Hinge. And then you start dating like the normies. Now, this is a major disadvantage for men in these places because these uh, sites uh, cater to women, but they charge the men. They charge you to go through there and look at all the fake profiles and all of the mysterious women who are so-called the good girls and they're up in advanced age, right? And that's you. And you're here finding a real one. This is the only place that you can find a real one. Maybe you find them some other places, but you think you found a real one. 
And eventually what happens is you discover she lied. Now, let me just say this. When we talk about lying, we're not talking about we're not talking about this. This person is an all out. Let me put the banner up. Let me put the banner up right now, because I know people are like, this is just. This is just some hate speech. Sorry, I coughed for the people listening on the podcast. I had to mute myself. Um, This is just hateful. I'm not being I'm not telling you to hate. I'm telling you to be on guard. It's OK if I tell men to be on guard. It's OK if I tell men to be on guard. But this is not a hateful show. This is to tell men that, yes, she can lie to you. And the lies are going to be quite different than the lies you tell. As a matter of fact, I've read I've read an article once in which they tried to frame the lying as this. Well, what women tell are they tell they tell lies, but they're white lies. They're altruistic white lies. What men tell are black lies. Right, like hurtful, painful lies. And I can't say that's not true. But what they tried to push off is the fact the impact of the lie that women tell. And it's a different way she tells it. She's going to lie by omission. She's going to be a little bit more deceptive. She's going to lie to protect you and to protect her, meaning she's going to protect your ego, your fragile ego, because she might know she she um that you can't handle it. She might lie uh, to protect herself. She might also lie because she knows that the dynamic the power dynamic is off. So if she does tell the truth, she can get harmed. All right. And so physically, because there's a physical uh, difference between men and women, she might say, well, I lied because of the circumstance that I was in. I mean, if I would have told the truth, I was back into a corner and I would have got beaten to a pulp. All right. I would have got stumped in the wine. So. So this is why women tend to lie and get away with it. Well, I was in this situation, so I had to lie. Well, it doesn't cover up the fact that she's lying doesn't cover up the fact that she's lying. So this is what we have to do today. We're going to give you eight lies. And yes, I came down. I whittled it down to eight. I had like 40 of them. All right. I whittled it down to eight. For people who get into relationships your first six months, these are the lies you're most commonly going to hear. And now after that six months, you're going to hear a bunch of lies. All right. However, however, I had a guy once tell me this. All right. He says, and this was a guy, he was as blue pill. He was bluer than a Smurf. All right. He was bluer than a Smurf. And um, in this lie, uh, in this in this situation, he told me he was a big old blue pill beta. He said, never believe what women say in the first six months to a day. All right. Six months in a day. So after six months in a day, she's more like if you haven't if if you haven't been disqualified that by this particular point by a lie that you've uncovered to be untrue or to be true, uh, you will you. you Whatever's happening there. So essentially what I'm to say was I got distracted. If you got to six months and she hasn't and you haven't uncovered a lie at this particular point, you've made it. All right. But at in the first six months, just about everything she tells you is some sort of lie. And and. <laughs> and all right. Why did I get distracted? I lost my train of thought. I'm not 100 <laughs> percent. I lost my train of thought. We'll get through this week. Just. Deduct two points from coach. But Chris Rock even said, um, when, when you're dating, you're not dating her. You're dating her representative. representative. All right. So remember in the stand-up show, Chris Rock said, um, he said, when you're dating, when you first start dating, you're not dating her. <laughs> you're dating her representative. And this is true because she wants to make herself look good despite the fact that she's lost every relationship that she's been in up until this point. <laughs> up until this point. So anyway, before we get into the eight lies, I'm going to give you a warm-up lie. I'm going to give you a warm-up lie. 
just so you can see, I'm not here on no misogynist trip. I'm here to prepare you. I'm going to give you, <clears throat> I'm going to give you an easy one. <laughs> Somebody said I got C-19. I'm going to give you an easy lie. The first lie I'm going to give you, it's easy. So if there's a female here, I know you clicked on this show and you're only going to watch the first 10 minutes of the show. And you're like, what is this? We don't lie. This is untrue. I'm going to show you with this easy warm-up lie. All right. This easy warm-up lie. Most women tell this lie and they'll give a reason as to why they tell this lie. All right. Everybody ready for the warm-up. Because <clears throat> from that point, you can't tell me I'm wrong on this one. The first warm-up lie, the honorable mention lie, and this is too easy. I'll be ready in five minutes. All right. Just about every woman's told this lie. I mean, I don't care how long you've been into a relationship with her. I don't care how long you've been dating. She's told this lie. Now she's going to say, well, that's not really a lie. That's a lie, right? That's a lie. It's a lie because they know they're not going to be ready in five minutes, but they're going to keep you waiting, all right? They're going to keep you waiting. They're going to have you sitting there while she's primping her hair, trying on eight dresses. Which one looks better? And you got to be somewhere at 7.30. So much so, this lie is so big that you won't plan things to do and she'll be mad at you for not planning things to do. And you'll be like, wait a minute. When I plan things to do, you're always late. So if I make reservations at 7.30, if I surprise you with a plane trip, you're not going to be ready. If I say be at the airport at 7.30, we're taking a, a surprise trip to Costa Rica, she would not be there. She'll be late. She'll be late to the plane, and then I'll be, and then she'll be she'll turn it on you. Well, why didn't you schedule a, a, a plane trip like that? She'll be mad at you. You know I'm always late. Why would you do something like that? Meanwhile, you thought that was romantic. Meanwhile, you thought that was going to win her over. You thought that was going to get you some Costa Rican peace leave from Columbus, Ohio. You thought that was going to work, but guess what? Guess what? It's not going to work, and you know it's not going to work, so you won't do anything like that. You won't plan reservations at a restaurant, at a nice restaurant, because she ain't going to be ready. She's not going to be ready. So um, you'll be sitting there. You'll be ready. You'll be on time or somewhat on time. She'll be mad if you're late, and she's not even ready. She'll be mad if you're late and she's not even ready when you get there. Why are you late? When was the last time? I'm just going to ask you this. <laughs> when was the last time that you, um, you showed up at her house and she was completely ready, sitting there ready to go? <laughs> when was the last time? You ain't never seen a woman just waiting, fully ready with all of her lip glop on. All of her lipstick, all of her cocoa butter, and all of her, her hair pulled back, got her little high ponytail. And she was just like, I was waiting for you, and I was completely ready. All right? And you showed up. <laughs> you, I tell you, I've never seen that happen. It's a damn never. So they're never going to be late. Uh, I'm sorry. They're never going to be on time, and that's just how they work. They get ready too late. They'll say, well, I didn't have enough time. Meanwhile, she's playing Candy Crush all night. All right, right before leading up to it. And then right at five o'clock, she knows she has to be ready by 6.30. Right then, she wants to wash her hair. Right then, she wants to start getting ready. Right then, she wants her friend to drive over that dress that she wore. Oh, I got to wait for the dress to come. All right, whatever it is. Okay, whatever it is. So here it is right there. That's the warm-up lie. And so ladies, now that you know that this isn't stuff that I made up, that one's an easy one. You can admit. You can easily admit that you've told that lie. With that being said, we got eight fantastic lies. But to let your voice be heard, and I see some good lies that I did not include on this one. Remember, I had 40 of them. All right, I whittled it down to eight for the show. All right, but if you want to let your voice be heard, dollar sign CGA Live 2. 
let your voice be heard on a abbreviated message. If you want to let your voice be heard on PayPal, it is paypal.me backslash coach Greg Adam. Let me do this. Uh, I'm going to run this across the board just in case, you know, you like to read more than you more than you hear. I don't know. For members content, coachgregadams.locals.com for the members content and patreon.com backslash coach Greg Adams for exclusive, exclusive members content. Okay. All right. And let me do this. I always forget this, but I am going to put this in the live chat. Wait a minute. I need an assistant. This week I've been knowing I need an assistant, bro. This was rough. Rough. All right. I need somebody to also do my show. <laughs> Anybody this week? This week? This week? All right. Let me get the earlier contributors to the show. This is the part of the show. This is a podcast. Relax. I know you want this in a 10-minute video. Well, just give me the give, give me the timestamp so I can just not all right sit through all of this. All right. Where are we at here? Uh Sunday Rising says, showing thanks, strengthen fully, coach. All right, we will, man. I don't know, man. One of these days, I'm going to have to take a day off. Probably Thursday. We'll see. All right, we'll see. Uh, Albert, oh, oh, by the way, uh, men don't get off days, by the way. Men don't get off days. Men will be working till they dead sick. All right, women to stop working. They, they got a doctor's appointment. They'll stop working. All right, I got a doctor's appointment. They won't show up for the whole day. What time is your doctor's appointment at? 930? All right. Men have to train themselves to work through um, situations. We don't get to take the day off because you sick. You don't get to take the day off uh, because you got C-19, <laughs> all right? So this is a podcast. It's a long-form version of entertainment. We call it edutainment over here. This is not a 10-minute video. If you believe that I should make 10-minute videos and put everything, all the game in the 10-minute videos, you can go to my short-form channel, all right? You can go there. there. There are plenty there. That's number one. Number two, all right, uh, you don't deserve the information. All right, if you don't willing, you're not willing to sit through this information. All right, you don't deserve it. All right, I'm no longer trying to give it to you easy. Pause. I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you work for it. That's what they used to call the library, the library, because they know your punk tail ain't going to go to the library. So that's where they bury the lies. That's where the people learn the truth in the library. <laughs> so. Uh, if you ain't going to search for the truth and you want it easily digestible, all right, right there, spoon fed to your mouth, that's your problem. It ain't mine. <laughs> mm. All right, Albert, we're going to call you Albert Ingram. He says, why do black women reject black men and get mad when he goes elsewhere? Well, this is the number one reason why. I know people would like to discuss this, and I don't discuss black women in specifically, but this is why they do it. Because at uh, you've always been the people that you, you all, they always had you on the weight. All right. So there was a time when there was no uh, interracial dating. Black men could not be seen bringing a white woman into their community, into the bottoms, into the country. Like you couldn't do that. Um, and then if you brought, you went to her neighborhood, you'd be liable to get beat up, lynched. All right. Stabbed, shot, whatever it is, dragged behind a, a big Ford truck. All right. So uh, black women were the only option for black men. And they always knew that he, you were always going to be there to clean up her mess if she perhaps got into a mess. Now, in the last 40 years, man, I want to say 30 years, probably in the last 30 years, interracial dating has become more common and more accepted. And when black women tend to interracially date, not many men care. There are some men that do care. I could care less. I never, it never even crosses my mind to have a care. I'm like, good, somebody need her. Somebody want to take her. 
But black men have always been on reserve for black women. That's that's the bottom line. And when there's no black men in reserve in the bullpen, guess what happens? There's no options for her. So after she's done with Pookie Ray Ray, Chad Tyrone, there used to be options for her. And there used to be old, you know, you got an old uncle or an old grandpa. He an old simp and he was like a pimp, right? He was like an old pimp. Like he dressed like a pimp still to, th to this day. And he's super duper cool and all the ladies like him. Oh, you know, Uncle Frank and Uncle Frank's cool. And he talk all that game when the women aren't around. You know, you know what you have to do is you have to get you have to get these women. You have to get these women. Tell them what you need to do to do. All right. If these women don't listen to your game, then you ain't got no game around here. These old grandpa pimps, old uncle pimp. And then when the women come around, he all sweet. He's serving them. Right? He's serving them. He's doing all the things that you like. Hey, Uncle Frank. Yo, bro. Hey, Uncle Frank. Yo, what you doing, man? I thought you was just talking that pimpism. You was talking that pimp sh the, uh, a few minutes ago. Oh, man, you got to treat the women, man. That's all you got to do. And then all the women behind them. Uncle Frank, you tell them. You tell these young boys how to treat a, a lady. And you looking at Uncle Frank like, yo, man. Yo. Mm. Hey, Uncle Frank, if you don't stop shuffling, I'm going to bust your ass behind this barbecue pit. Hey, uh, and pause, by the way. Uncle Frank, stop shuffling. I can do some shuffling, too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, K.M. Lowe said, Uncle Elroy, <laughs> you know him. Well, that guy right there, that guy right there has always been reserved. He probably married the woman that he's with after she'd been divorced two times and had eight kids. And he showed up and married her. Like he's your uncle by, not by blood association. He married into the family. But well after your aunt had two divorces and eight kids. <laughs> You're like, what the, what? Uncle Elroy, what you doing, Sean? So those guys were always in the bullpen. And the reason why black women tend to get upset, even though they reject you, even though they'll tell you, you ain't nothing, you ain't tall enough, you ain't got enough money, you broke, you dusty or whatever. All right. They know that they can't cross over to other races of men as easy as you can cross over to other races of women. So they are losing their reserve bullpen. And I will actually say in the last 30 years, this is true. They're losing their reserve bullpen. So you have a high rate of incarceration of black men, high rate of death, black on black crime. Um, I don't know why y'all scared of white supremacist groups. Y'all be like, the Patriot Front is going to come to your neighborhood and get you. I'm like, why would they do that? Why would they have to? They just put guns in the community and you get yourself. All right. Yes, I'm sure. I can do some shuffling, too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, they'd be like, the Proud Boys going to get you. Like, Proud Boys? I'm talking about them boys over there. Them boys going to get me before the Proud Boys come in my neighborhood and get me. <laughs> all right? They don't have to do nothing. I don't know why y'all scared of them. They ain't never going to come to your neighborhood. All right? They never come into your neighborhood. But with that being said, with that being said, you got the high rate of incarceration, high rate of, high rate of gun violence uh, between the people, right? Between their own kind, right? So with that being said, then you – also have to contribute this fact, the high rate of rainbow and Skittleism in the black community. I mean, it's out there in the open. All right, you go to church and the dude leading the choir. So you have a high rate of that. The amount of selected men, selectable men is low. Then you take the economic situation in there. You take economics in. You take the likelihood of him not having babies outside all over the community. 
Um, it's very low once these women get into their mid-30s. So who's left? The bullpen. It's you. It's you. And that's you. And when you go in a racial date, when you go buy a house in the suburb, when you go dating Latinas and Ling Lings and, and, uh, and Kaylee's, well, you just took away the bullpen. Anyway, that's a history on why they get mad when you're out there um, doing the, even though they make it hard for you to get into relationships with them. Loud Pocket says, play big girl on boyfriend's shoulder in the music concert. <laughs> I, I don't have that clip. That clip was pretty funny, man. You know, his neck was gone. All right. There was a clip that I used to show of this big girl. She had some big old thick legs and her friend was short and petite. And she was on her boyfriend's shoulder at a concert. And then you pan over to her and she's up there like, hey, yeah, join it. And her boyfriend was up there, vein popping through his head. Oh, man, that was a that's a classic clip. So I've lost a lot of clips. I lost a lot of clips. So that was a classic clip. Leaf is in the building. Shout out to Leaf again for being here. And then I'm going to have to get to the PayPal's in a minute. Uh, let's see here. No Drift says listening as we grind. Shout out to you. You're probably in the gym. I know you. You're probably in the gym. All right. Remember that one? All right. So let's get to the lies. Let's get to the lies. We're going to do eight, seven, and six. And we're going to go uh, that order right there. Eight, seven, and six. And we'll break down what these lies are. All right. Don't. And ladies, we already get you with the warm-up lie. And you admitted that you, that, in fact, was a qualifying lie. All right. Let me see here. All right. I was looking at something here. Okay. Um, let me see. <laughs> uh, qualifying line number eight that you'll say in the first couple of weeks and months of knowing you. And this is the lie right here. Well, I don't normally do this. All right. This is number eight. I don't normally do this. Now, remember, it's not the exact statement that you uh, that you are hearing. She says, I don't normally do this. What you heard as a male, because you think you're special when a woman lies down for you. Okay. But what she's what you heard was, I don't do this. That's what you heard. I don't do this. Okay. Um, he says, so what you heard was, I don't do this as if she doesn't do this with anyone. But she says, I don't normally do this, meaning I don't normally do this with you or with someone like you or right now or this time of the day or when there's a full moon, when there's moon stars and quasars. I don't normally do this, but on rare occasions I do. And when I do, I don't do these things uh, with men like you, but uh, men that aren't like you, I do this. Right. But you believe that you're special because she's doing this to you and she's considering it. Well, I don't normally do this as she's tying her hair back into a ponytail. Now, you know, she does this because once she starts doing this, she starts doing this with skill. She starts doing this with skill that you've never seen in your life. Toes are curling. All right. You're hitting it with the roar. All right. She starts slobbing and, 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 and doing all kind of stuff. She says, take it. Hard, pull my ponytail down the gully. All right, all of this stuff. And you're going, you don't normally do this? Where did you learn? Where did you learn to do something like this? Because you're pretty good at it. And women have been smartened up on this. What they will do is they will do it bad on you the first couple of times. Ladies, you guys know this trick. 
the first couple of times they'll act like this. They'll look around and they'll get, look at all the peach fuzz and try to check for little bumps around there. So you don't look like a, 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 a bar of mounds. Let me check. Look up all under here. Pause. She'll make sure she does it somewhat. Okay. She's not going to give her command performance unless, <laughs> unless you've paid for the service. All right. If you paid for the service and she's trying to impress you or you're chatting Tyrone Pookie Ray Ray, she's going to give you a command performance. It'll be a standing ovation afterwards. All right. But this is how it works. This is how it works. What she says was, I don't normally do this. You heard, I don't do things like this, or I don't know. But what she means is she doesn't normally do this with men like you. So she's giving you a pass, but she might quite enjoy what she's doing. You might quite enjoy what she's doing, but she's got to preface this. So you don't, uh, so you think that she's some sort of amazing skilled person, right? Somebody even said this, um, uh, you guys believe anytime you conquer a woman, it was something that you said. It was something that you did. Now, ladies, let me tell you this. Uh, you'll admit this, right? Every woman knows if they're going to sleep with a guy within the first couple of seconds of seeing him. Now it's a matter of when. But very rarely do you talk yourself into some sex unless this woman is something like, I mean, unless you're a millionaire and she's just like, I got to I got to just I got to just eat this one. Pause. I got to just eat this one. It's only going to be, you know, two or three minutes and this is worth it. He'll get his five stroke special in and you'll be like, good. All right, get off of me. But most women know if you're going to get some right away. Some might make you work for it still just a little bit, but rarely has a time come along that she just submitted to you over time uh, after learning about you. It's not happening. So she knows if you're going to get between them sheets. With that being said, She's already prepared a series of lies to let you know that you earned this. It was something you did. You good boy. You're such a good man. And you earned this. Here you go. It's not, it's not the case. It's, it's, she wanted to do this with you. So don't get your ego wrapped up into this, believing that, believing that if you do the right thing, she'll open up to you like a flower. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to number seven. All right. We got this one down. Let's see here. Uh, number seven. I haven't dated in five years or I haven't been or I've never been on a real date. I've heard this from people, somewhat older uh, people. Uh, this this woman right here, I played this clip at the beginning. She said something similar to that. Let's go ahead and listen to what she said. I'm almost 26 years old and I live alone, have no friends, never been to a party cheated on in every serious relationship I've ever been in and life is just really lonely just another holiday I'm by myself now just about everything she said in that video was an absolute lie I mean unless she's a hundred percent introvert and she went to homeschooling she never left the house okay she lives somewhere where there's winter for seven eight months like Minnesota okay there's no way that's the truth she just lied, 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 and lied. All right, that's the purpose of the show. So since that's the case, she says, uh, a woman that you meet says, I haven't dated in five years. Okay, so again, this is somewhat a truth, but it's a misleading lie. What she, what you heard was she hasn't had sex with anyone for five years. She hasn't been intimate with someone for five years. This is what you heard. 
you're you heard that you're gonna break her in. This is what you heard. You heard it's gonna be tight, but she's lying. She might not have dated in five years. She might not have been in a relationship for five years, but she sure did get them cheeks clapped during those five years. We got to know that, and we got to understand that, and we got to accept it. Just because she hasn't dated in five years doesn't mean that she hasn't been intimate or she hasn't been in these streets. She was just taking a break from dating. Shout out to Black Ram 313 who says relationships for women are just a break from the carousel. In essence, she hasn't been in relationships. She's been able to be a free bird, a female free bird. And during that time, she's been getting her back blown out by randoms and men on Tinder and hookups. Maybe she was celibate and men had to buy a bit. All right, whatever it is. So that's what she's been doing the last five years. She's been traveling abroad. She's been going on trips. I've flown myself to Paris. I've done Greece. I've island topped. I've done all of that. So this is what she's been doing without a shadow of a doubt. And this is what men have to understand. You have to read into these early lies and understand what she really means. And it's okay. See, this is a no judgment zone. If you was out here being a 304, well, that's cool. I'm going to treat you accordingly. Don't ask me to then take you out on dates and romance the stone and all of these things. Because the next thing you're going to say is, I've never been out on a real date. Now, if you're past the age of 25, this is an L on you. This is a big old fat L. I mean, I don't know what you've been doing, ma'am. How you never been out on a real date? I've heard people say this. I've never been in a real relationship on a real date, and they passed the age of 25. How? And what is a real date? That's what you have to ask. What is a real date? With some pretty woman stuff? All right, where you go out, and he pick, he buys a dress, and you wear it, and you come downstairs, and he's in a limousine sitting out uh with the roof with the roof open and you come down like a uh you come down like Cinderella is that a real date I've taken women out on dates and they said well that wasn't a real date what the hell is a real date so what she wants is to go to a high class restaurant and have all of the uh you know these pomp and circumstances around dates but what you have to understand is those dates are very overrated I'm not saying this to be cheap okay I have to get my water on. I'm, I'm not saying this to be cheap, but a lot of dates and pop and circumstance are just that. People think you're going to enjoy this time and you normally don't. You normally don't enjoy the time of going out to a restaurant and sitting there with the ambiance and the dim lights and the, the, the live musician playing on his piano. He's a one man band, all right? You got the servers coming in there, expensive, expensive ass food. Sometimes the food's good, sometimes it's crappy. Same thing as people that want to go picnic basket. All right, let's get a picnic basket and then we'll make sandwiches and then we'll go out in the middle of a field. We'll lay a blanket down and we'll go out there and what? And sit there? No, am I going to clap cheeks out there in that open field? No, well, I don't want to do it because what's going to happen is you take your picnic basket out there and you go out there, you, you lay your, um, you lay your uh, little blanket out there, and then you put your food down. Guess what's going to happen? Ants, bees, bugs, ladybugs, all the stuff she's scared of. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Ruining the entire atmosphere. See, you didn't even think about all the ants. You didn't think about the loose dogs. You didn't think about the dog poop that you stepped in. You didn't think about the bees and the hornets that has that's up in the tree. That's going to ruin your entire atmosphere. She can't relax now. 
See, these are all things that are made up in their head, their Cinderella mindset, that these things are going to be fantastic. And they often turn out very subpar. Like, eh, oh, how was the date? Oh, man, he he had the reservations. He pulled up to valet. We parked. We waited uh, 30 minutes to put our order in. We waited 45 minutes to an hour to get our entree. We sat around uh, looking at the curtains and looking at the other people on dates. We're, we're trying to figure out if this is their first date or their 20th date or if they're married or not. And we talked, which means she talked to you. She interviewed you. And then we went home, all right, after we ate. And then he paid the bill. And what it, was that fun? <laughs> so it's very much an overrated experience. And what she's saying is she hasn't had that experience. That's the experience she wants. But what you have to question is, if you've been active in the field, if you've been giving away that peace leave, if you've been doing that, why is it that I now have to do all of these things just to gain your interest? You didn't have the other men do it. The other men didn't do any of that stuff. And you gave it up. You lied on your back and you had 10 toes up and you had your knees pressed against your ears and you had no problem giving it up to them. Why do I have to do all of this now? Why is the expectation up here for me? You know why it is? Because all of these other dudes were goof bag, uh, goofballs and uh, douchebags that she's no longer doing that for free. She realized I better monetize myself. So the next man. And that's you. You're going to do all of that stuff before I give it up to you. And if you don't, I'm not going to give it up. But you did it before. See, this is what this is. Uh, this is what we're talking about. Anyway, that's lie number. Man, my phone is going cray cray. Right? It's going crazy. Oh, I see what it is. My son had a problem. Uh, I'll get back to normal. Uh, let's see here. Lie number six. My phone died. My phone died. Now, if anybody ever believes this, you're a plum idiot. Never in the history of phones. I've never seen a woman in the history of all phones have her phone die. They always have access to this phone. They will liable die. They will liably die before their phone die. They'll be dead and their phone will be on charge, full charge. There'll be at least 10, 20% of their phone. Now, I don't know if you also know, Women never have their phone fully charged. So they do run into situations where it could die, but they ain't never letting that go. Somebody got a charger. Somebody got a charger. Somebody got a charger. And she's going to find out who that thing, who that charger is. And she's going to charge her, plug her phone up, and she's still going to be on her phone scrambling through uh, Snapchat. But it never dies, bro. The phone never dies. What happens is, she just did not want to get in contact with you at that particular time. So she has to lie. Again, she's lying for her safety. You're one-on-one now. And of course, to get out of the situation, she has to have, she has to lie or she could risk being assaulted. So she has to do that. This is why she might do something like that. She has to lie to throw off the scent of what's going on here because then you're going to ask questions. Oh, I was just at my friend Tamika's house and Tata and Alicia's house and Shaquisha and Bonquisha and Lucretia. All right, we were all together, and don't worry about all that. We all slept on the floor. We were passed out drunk, all right? Me and Josie, we were passed out drunk, and our phones died, right? So this is a big old bold-faced lie. If any of you guys ever believe this, all right, and people want to know how do you handle this lie. Maybe we'll uh, talk about that at the end. 
All right. Because then if you start saying you're a liar, then you're going to run into problems with your woman. But you, I mean, for me, I'll just tell them you're a liar. All right. I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to please her. I'm not trying to please her at this particular point. I'm like, all right, you got two more lies to tell. All right. And then that's it. All right. That's a, that's a no, that's a no, no. And she's going to tell you this right up in the first three weeks. And if she tries this after the first, uh, first three weeks, you're a, she thinks you're a, she thinks you're a beta. She thinks you'll believe anything, but you'll be surprised. Women think most men will believe anything because they have a propensity, natural propensity to believe women. Even when they lie. All right, so that's going to be eight, seven, and six. Eight is I don't normally do this. That's a lie. All right. She she put the normally in there to soften the blow. She's been with 50 guys, but she hasn't normally done this. Uh, I haven't dated in five years or I've never been on a real date. That's going to be number seven. And number six, my phone died. All right. My phone died. All right. So let's see here. PayPal now. PayPal. To let your voice be heard, I think I pinned the PayPal. Did I pin it at the top? I I typed it in and didn't even pin it at the top. All right, damn. I'll tell you, man. <laughs> it's a little bit tough for me out here in these days, in these YouTube streets. Let me see here. PayPal. I put it in there and didn't even pin it to the top. All right, anyway. What a damn shame today. Where's my assistant? Where's Kaylee? If I hire Kaylee as an assistant, that's going to go left. That's going to be a bad hire. All right. I know this, so I won't hire a Kaylee. Because you know what's going to happen. All right. You know what's going to happen after Kaylee get hired. It's going to be a mess for her. And she's going to enjoy it. And then when, when I want to cut the relationship off, guess what she's going to do? She's going to play the victim. All right. KT King is in the building offering up something. Good evening. Wait a minute. <coughs> oh, gosh. I'm a professional. Trust me. All right. KT King, good evening, CGA. I appreciate and respect your powering through this illness. All right. He says, for tonight's topic, trust them as far as you can see them. Yes, indeed. All right. Trust them as far. Some people might say this, like if you're purple-pilled, you might say trust, but no, he says trust, but verify. That's what a purple pill guy would say. You know, he's somewhat knowledgeable on the fact that women are manipulators and they do things, uh, they have reasons for lying. And so they might say something like trust, but verify. That's kind of wiggling out. You're trying to wriggle out the situation not by saying you don't trust them. Trust, but verify. That's got to be the most asinine statement. <laughs> That's asinine. You either trust or you don't. There's no in between. Trust, but verify. That's asinine. And any of you guys that use this, you guys are cowards. You guys are cowards. You're trying to not say don't trust them. So you're trying to wiggle around. All right. Trust, but verify. How? You either trust or you don't. There's no in-between trust. So if you can't trust her, then say you can't trust her. Period. Shout out to uh, KT King. Also says uh, Amber Heard got fired from Aquaman 2 movie today. I emailed you the article about it earlier. Get well, CGA. All right. Uh, congratulations to Amber Heard. She'll figure her way out. She'll have a rebirth at some particular point, maybe. She's getting old. And he says, shout out to my son who is watching the stream with me right now. My daughter is, is out right now. He says he likes to do some shuffling. Hey, let's play, let's play the shuffling for, for your son real quick. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man. What you going to do? Look out, boys. It's coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. I love that show. Hopefully your son broke out into some shuffling. Where are we at here? Royal Scott here. He says, strong 
work with your, he said, strong work with your flu frame, coach. Yes, I'm holding flu masculine frame. So excited for your next chapter and see the creativity that it will create. Hashtag CGA and hashtag coach gang. See, hashtag see the fitness gang in the building. Yes, sir, man. I think think uh, this is going to open up all kind of avenues for me to be creative. And I'm looking forward to that. We got uh, a couple more. Hang tight. Hang tight, y'all. Uh, Soralita's in the building. Shout out to Soralita. He said, just a tip to help Francisco. <laughs> I love your content, coach. Shout out to Soralita. Uh, she's been in here for quite a long time, and she sent a very generous. We'll, we'll give you a, for a woman, that's a, that's a sponsorship. All right, for a woman to break bread, that's a sponsorship. By the way, she's been here so long, she owed me like a, a photo album full of feed pictures at this point. All right, a photo album. All right. She definitely owed me a photo album. All right, like, remember the old photo albums back in the day? You had that sticky-ass paper, and you put it in there. Boy, we've evolved as a civilization. You had to rip that sticky-ass paper. It was like some 1970s velvet. Right? You ripped it back, put that picture in there, and get that plastic back on. You owe me a photo album like that. All right, for sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, where are we at here? Uh, SAU Engineeria says the diets don't work the same. He says don't work for you the same. Yeah, it doesn't. Good afternoon, coach. Always alerta. Always grinding. Alerta is a Spanish word, I think. Always alerta, always grinding. Don't let these 304s fool you. Don't let them fool you, man. And look, we're not saying that they're bad people. I know a woman can do this show and they can sit up here. Well, these are the lies that men say. And would it be considered misogynist? It wouldn't. Not one bit. Everybody would say, yep, I got I got called out on that lie, too. I got called on that lie, too. Nobody would say anything. Men would be in your comment section and say, yeah, I did that. Yeah, men are creeps. You know, the good man wants some online peace leave. He'll be in here. I'd never tell these lies. I'm a good man. I'm a good man. I, and so they can do this video and not face any consequences. I do this video, and it's misogyny. I need to steal that clip from Tom Likas and slash Fresh and Fit. A contribution from Maurice Jacqueline. All right, I like to say his name. Maurice Jacqueline. Thank you, man. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but that's how it's spelled. It looks very French. Setsana says, all I hear now is Jada telling <laughs> your husband. Oh, my gosh. You can never look at Jada again without the your husband clip. I'm going to have to clip that. Your husband. And he says, coach, the, um, the girl is the only one truthful but her. I can't tell what's going on here because there's some, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you use the picture. I don't know what it means here, but I don't know if you use pictures on PayPal. I don't think it comes through. Your husband, your husband. All right. Last one. It's men's natural mental health. Oh, it's men's national mental health month and nobody gives up. <laughs> nah, they just want you to sit up there. I mean, I hear commercials. I think I heard a commercial. I don't think they equated it to men. Uh, but they were like, men, go get your mental health check. Go sit in there. And they were basically like, guys, there's a lot of money behind this. So the commercial was this. <laughs> you know, this is this is all I want you to admit. It's a business. All right, it's a business. Uh, if you don't want to admit that, I don't know what to tell you. So the commercial was like, yeah, well, the problem with getting into therapy is it's tough because you got to hire all these therapy. You got to find the one you like. You got to wait for months to get on the calendar. So I'm listening to the commercial because I want to learn. And um, and the commercial, it was on the radio. And the commercial's like, 
Now you can do it online. You can click on whatever this website was and you can get somebody face to face via the screen. You don't have to go to a therapist, doctor in their in their um, brick and mortar business where they rent out some corporate suite. And um, then they look professional with their psychology degree. And so they were saying you could just click on and they were like, if you don't like the therapist, you could just click off and then click on another one like. Like, how much are they getting paid for this? You just sitting there. They just waiting for you like a hotline. And then if you don't like them, you'd be like, next, click. And why wouldn't you like them? Why wouldn't you like them? Well, there's, there's, this is like personal training. There's no match. There's no rapport. Uh, but, but they're saying if you don't like this one, which is called shopping, your therapist shopping. And then you basically want this person to say um, what you want to pay them to get them to say what you want them to hear. Or well, you know what I'm talking about. I'm sitting here like, boy, this turned into a business. <laughs> Tinder therapy, speed dating. I'm like, man, this is a this is a massive building. I don't know if you actually explored the cost of therapy. It is expensive. It is very expensive. And I don't know how long y'all plan on doing this, but an hour session costs could cost 250 to 800 bucks an hour. And I'm like, man, they rack, they bringing it home. So again, I think they want more men to do this. And I'm not saying you shouldn't or should do this. I'm not against you doing it or not doing it. Just let me preface that because I tend to get in trouble with this. But what I'm saying is you got to admit that it's a business. And if it's a business, then you can't really say that it, if this, if it's a business and they're saying, oh, just go ahead and do it anyway. You got to figure out like, why are they doing this? Are they pushing it because they're trying to help you? Or are they pushing you to make money? What is it? What is it? It's one or the other. It's one or the other. And you got to ask this question. Why so many people? Why so many people got need therapy now and they're depressed about life? We live in a time. Oh, somebody says it's free in VA, but they try to put you on meds, though. Yeah, see, man, 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 man. Nah. So you got a question like we live in a time where we were the Flintstones 50 years ago. We were literally the Flintstones 50 years ago. Hear me out. Based on where we are now and what we have in terms of technology, we were literally in the Flintstone ages in the 1970s. I mean, everything we did from the uh, capturing the picture and the picture come out and you had to wave it around, rave the Polaroid picture. Now we got camera phones. You got whole access on your phone of every damn thing. The cars were big ass tanks, right? And now you got these little ass cars and you can go speed. Um, we got great cars. I mean, uh, uh, houses, the houses are colossal. You grew up in a one bedroom, three bathroom townhome, ranch house with your, with your siblings and 80 of you guys shared a bedroom. Now we have access to everything. We can get on an airplane. Airplane travel used to be expensive. Most people couldn't afford it. It was a luxury item, traveling. People dressed up to travel. They look forward to it. Now people come in and they slippers and bonnets. I mean, just disrespecting the whole thing. So with that being said, why are everybody, why are people not happy? I'm not happy. <laughs> why? Why are you trying to convince people they're not happy? Why are people depressed? Why are people stressed and anxious? And I asked this in the post that got community uh, struck down on TikTok. Based on the numbers, why are so many women unhappy? And why are we listening to these people if they're on drugs? I mean, why? I mean, I'm trying to figure out why are they amped up? 
on drugs to make it through their own day. They literally trying to get, they have to take uh, opioids to make it through their own day. Why would I ever get into a relationship with that, that type of person? And why would I listen to anything that they got to say? I'm like, nah, because <laughs> she's, I'm sober and she's high. <laughs> I'm sober. She's high. Why am I listening to somebody that's high? Just to make it through the 24 hours. This is something that I, and, and I'm not, I can go a little bit further on this one. Wait, right here. We have everything that we ever dreamed of in this day and time. And people are just stressed the hell out. I think people are doing too much. This whole, you can, you can have it all is an absolute myth. People can't even handle the life that they have right now. They got too much. You guys have far too much. You can see too much. There's no more mystery. Remember when you were a blue pill beta and you believe things? Oh, this is not true. I wonder if now there's no more wondering. You can find it and then you can find out if it's true or false. And even if you have a belief, you can confirm your belief system. You could go to a series of websites that'll confirm your belief. So there's no more mystery in life. We've 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 gone to see the wizard. We've gone to see the wizard. We peek behind the curtain and we see who the wizard is. And we're like, shit. And we're depressed on our reality. You're depressed that you can't move up economically and just beg your way to extra money. It's absolutely crazy. So I, I'm actually floored at the amount of people that can't handle themselves. I, listen, if you can't handle yourself, then go get help. But I got to know why. Are you trying to escape accountability? Are you trying to blame someone for your situation? I mean, it's always the case. Soon as somebody get their ass in a bind, and I knew this in the education system, soon as you get your ass in a bind, blame something. Oh, my homie Terrell and T-Mon got shot. He was my cousin. I'm like, you're in trouble right now, and you're talking about T-Mon getting shot. And I grew up hard, and I didn't grow up with a daddy, and he, my daddy was, he was an arrogant prick, and he wasn't around. Papa was a rolling stone. But you're about to get in trouble. What does that have to do with right now? And then everybody, oh, she's grew up with a tough time. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, we'll just go ahead and go get you some help. Nah, she need to go to jail. She need to go to jail. She need to get suspended. There, there's something that needs to happen. But people don't want people to face accountability. So they find people to blame for your shortcomings. You find someone to blame for your shortcomings. Mm. We're a society that nobody wants to be accountable for, accountable for nothing. But let's get back to the show. Shout out to... Um, Shout out to Timestamp Gang, Avery Vans in the building. Okay, lie number five. We're going to go five, four, three. I promise you that I won't get mad. All right, I promise you that I won't get mad. This is lie number five. All women have said this, and what they're doing is trying to get you to give up the information. I won't tell nobody. I won't use it against you later, but you know this is a lie. This is called pillow talk. And in the Bible, they had the story of Samson and Delilah, where Samson got tricked into giving up too much information, probably after he roared, his balls got empty, and now he started talking, which is something that you don't do. After that, your balls get empty, never promise or do anything that you're not going to follow through on. Because you're promising something before you bust, and then after you bust, you're still promising stuff because you're feeling good, you're feeling euphoric. And then she starts quizzing you, asking you questions and all of these things instead of letting you relax and sleep it off. Let me get 15 quick minutes. Okay, I'll sit here and not do anything. 
But this information, women are always investigating. Women are always taking information and, and putting it in a memory bank so later on they can use it. They're always going to tell. They're always going to tell damn near everything that you say to them. They're always building a case for themselves. So even if, I mean, there was a classic episode of, and I'm not encouraging this, uh, but on Dateline, where um, this guy deleted her, uh, this guy deleted his wife on a boat accident, all right? And then he got with this hot girl. She was hot back then, all right? Then they showed her now, and she was a busted Pillsbury biscuit can. But he started yapping to her when he was dating her, and he had the crime. It was, he could have walked, but he started yapping to her. And then she ended up turning state's evidence. And what I always tell you is they're agents of the state. Their loyalty is to the government before you. This is why they said, whatever the government tells me, we're going to do. 15 days to slow the spread, stay in the house, 90 days, slow the curve, take the poke, pokes in arms, whatever it is, women were more likely to do what? Submit to it because that's their natural inclination is to submit, submit to authority. If the authority is legit enough, they're going to submit. I don't care how strong she is, all right? If you invoke enough fear, she's going to submit. And so whatever information that you give her is going to be used later on. It's going to be used against you. She might even do something like this. She might even receive the information and she say, oh, I'm, I'm glad you opened up emotionally to me. I like men to open up emotionally. That means she likes men to tell. Number one, she's going to lose respect for you if you do this often. Number two, that most insecure thing about whatever you share with her, later on, she's going to use that against you. Whatever that insecurity is, she's going to, in an argument, because they don't play fair, they play dirty, she's going to use it against you to belittle you. You might be insecure about something. This is the whole, well, you had a small salami anyway when you broke up. You had little salami energy. And she'll tell you, uh, well, I never had an orgasm. I never, any of these things. So she's going to use that against you. Or you might be a quick finisher, a minute man. And you might be insecure. You are nothing but a minute man, little salami having. You're like, oh my God. But before that, whatever that insecurity was, you didn't want to share with her because you knew it was dangerous. And she's, don't worry, stroking your chest hairs, all right? Stroking your beard, don't worry. I promise you I won't get mad if you just tell me the truth. Just tell me. I won't tell anybody. I won't get mad. When you tell her, she's going to get mad. And she's going to bring it up uh, a, a lot if you're with her for a long period of time. Now, let her tell you something and you bring it up and hold her against her because she's going to make a nonverbal contract that you can't use it against her later on, but you aren't going to be able to handle it. So she's going to tell you how many men she's let her pipe down, pipe her down, and then guess what's going to happen? Then you're going to find out and you're going to be insecure about it. And then you're going to hold it against her. And she's going to say, it's not fair because we started off with a clean slate. But it doesn't work the same for her. She's going to use it against you. Anyway. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I promise you that I won't get mad. Just tell me. I won't tell anybody. That all goes in the same category. Number four. I'm on my period. I'm on my period. Now, this is again in the first six months. Now, your wife is going to later on use this against you. But in between the first six months and wifeism, she's probably rarely going to pull this one. But in the first couple of months and all the interactions that you've had with her, dates and hookups and 
and outings and farmers markets and festivals and fairs. Um, she's going to pull this one on you. The problem is women disingenuously pull this one when it's not favorable to uh, you. So what's going to happen is your first six weeks, you guys are going to bang like jackrabbits, all right? And you're going to go crazy on her stuff. And then she's going to realize I'm giving a lot and getting little in return. So I'm going to have to use this thing that I've leveraged all my life, and I'm going to have to start leveraging this on my boyfriend or on my new mate. So then what's going to happen is she's going to whip out the uh, on my period, but she's going to wait till after you come back from the fair, after you come back from the farmer's market, after you went to the movies, after you hung out all day, after you went to the nice uh, expensive dinner, after you took her out to get ice cream and an ice cream sundae and a banana split. After you done paid, after you done did all the stuff, you're going to get home. You're going to be lying down, heavy petting. And then she's going to say, ah, I would love for us to go there. Right when you reach for her belt buckle, I would like to go there. However, I'm on my period. And you're like, yo, how come you didn't tell me before that? They'll do the same thing. Hey, can I come over? Let's hang out. And you're like, oh, yeah, you didn't took your thing. You didn't. You didn't manscape your whole little area down there. You didn't took a shower, put deodorant on, brush your teeth. She come over, hang out. You like, all right, man, time to pay up. And she says, I'm on my period. And you like, what? why didn't you tell me that beforehand? Well, because if I told you, you didn't want to hang out. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't. I probably would not have invited you over. All right. That's a natural fact. But what she needs is she needs to leverage that piece of lead from you, uh, leverage it for you. And she's going to use the fact that she can whip this out. And you, what are you going to do? Check. I mean, I've checked a couple times when girls said that. I'll be like, you lying. And then I had to go see that tampon string. All right, let me see. <laughs> I had to go see that maxi pad. Let me, let me see. <laughs> but um, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, she's used you for your money, energy, attention, and time. Most of the time, a little bit of money, a lot of attention, energy, and time. She's leveraged that, and she's been able to leverage her peace leave at the same time. In essence, you paid to get nothing. You paid to get nothing. And now she's got you where she can pace you to still give in to her because now you're going to feel bad if you say, yeah, you can't come over if you're on your period. But now you're going to feel bad because you're beta or blue pill or purple pill. And then you'll say, okay, it's okay to hang out with me and not give me anything. It's okay for me to give you all these things up front and get nothing in the back end. Now, I'll just wait till next time. Okay. <laughs> Most dudes will run that red light. All right. You'd be like, I don't care if you're on your period. Let's go. Put a towel down. <laughs> all right. Is your flow heavy? Put it down. Let's go. You'll run that red light. Rosky. Somebody said, nasty boys don't care. The nasty boys will run that red light. All right, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, somebody said, girl, you just spotting. This is a go. Yeah, you just spotting. And then you, then after a while, you'd be like, oh, girl, you wet. All right, <laughs> you wet. You turn on the lights. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Look like a murder scene in there. Like, yo. They don't realize the nasty boys will do anything. And um, and uh, she don't care because she's already given herself up when she's on there, uh, when her, on her cycle. And um, yeah, a lot of times the, uh, they think men are going to be freaked out about it. 
Now, a dude that has had plenty of women, he ain't freaked out about it. As, as a matter of fact, a man that's married, has been married before, he ain't freaked out about that. He had his wife give up that peace leave on her cycle. All right? You'd be like, hurry up. Cycle that one out. Throw that away. Hurry up. Let's go. <laughs> I don't care about no period. Your mouth on a period? <laughs> the, the tailpipe on a period? Nope. Somebody said red, wet, red wing certified. Yeah, a lot of brothers and guys, you like, I can do, I can go and wash that off. I can wash that off. So um, uh, some dudes don't care about that. And that's not a thing that's going to stop you. You'd be like, and so the, the whole I'm on my period could be legit, but most often it is not. It is a way for her to pull back and leverage the sex, but still get the transactional money, energy, attention, and time without the need of doing it. But the problem is it's okay for her to do that. She needs to announce that up front. That's all I, I don't, I'm not holding my breath until women understand this, but you need to, if we set up a meeting, if we set up a time to be together and you start your cycle, you need to tell me before I walk in the door. You need to tell me before I leave my house. You need to tell me before you leave your house. Don't come over here leveraging it and then say, well, you're not going to get nothing. Anyway, that's that's why it's a lie because she's using it at the end when it's too late for you. And then now you're goofy ass sitting there cuddling with her, right? Knowing you don't want to cuddle. You're like, man, I don't want to be cuddling right now. I want to be diving deep with this five stroke special. People like, I ain't going to get no blood on me in five strokes. So that's what you want to do. Now you're cuddling, playing with her hair, kissing on her shoulder. And now she's just eating up all that attention and energy. She just eating it up in all that time. She just killing your transaction. It's something that you always want to ask. You, you want to make sure that happens because if she pulls that, uh, you know, it's somebody liable to get hurt. Dudes don't want to have that, right? You're like, what? Oh, my God. Somebody said, don't eat the spaghetti. Yep. Don't eat the spaghetti either. If she on her, if she invites you over, oh, we're having pasta and, and red sauce. No, we're not. <laughs> Let me see here. Last, uh, not last one. Uh, number three. I can count the number of men that I've been with on one hand. I can count the number of men that I've been with on one hand. Now, why is she telling this lie? Judgment, protect yourself, protect her reputation. So this is a lie, but it's to protect her reputation. Now, again, she can say that statement, but there's one or two words that you can pull out of there to make to change the true meaning of it. That's with all of these lies. Or it's all situational. My phone died. It didn't die that it didn't die the night in question. It died the night before. But she can still use it and say, I didn't lie, but I was just I just used the, the framing differently. Now, if she's lying to protect the reputation in order for you to proceed with her, or she's leaving it out details. This doesn't make it even, uh, uh, this is how they try to wriggle out and say, well, I lied because. I lied because. I lied because you were going to leave me. I lied because you were going to judge me. This is still lying. You're lying to get what you want. Now, if a woman's past the age of 25, 25 is the marker for you of adulthood. If she's past the age of 25, there is no way possible that she has been with less than five men. There's damn near no way. Now, there could be an exception to the rule on this one. 
So I'll leave that to you guys. I'll leave that to you guys to figure out. There's always an exception to the rule, but it doesn't mean because there's one or two women that you can pick out, then that means what I said is untrue. No, it means that that person is the ex exception. But if she's anywhere past 25, if she went to a liberal arts university, if she was in a sorority, if she was a cheerleader, a dance team member, the drill team, you, you name it. If she was a uh, protester, <laughs> you know, these people going out there protesting. If she did any of these things, there's no way. Matter of fact, you're liable to find out that she's uh, beginning drilled by older men on the drill team. So that's another one. A lot of times older women will, you know, when they get 25, when they get 30, 35, 40, they start faulting men for dating younger women. But when they were younger, they dated older men. So that's another one of those lies because they're older and they're seeing men their age date younger women. Then they call him a pervert and robbing the cradle and such. But what you'll find out is when they were younger, they dated, they dated older men almost exclusively. Whether it was two years older, four years older, eight, 10, 15, 20, they've already done it. But then now they're 35, 40, 45, 50. Now they're mad. I'm like, you know, you didn't gave up some peace lead to some 50 year old. You know, you gave us some, you know, you did it once at least. You know, you had your daddy phase, right? You had your daddy phase, but these are all lies of omission. They're going to call you a pervert because I think they felt they got used in the situation. All right. Unfortunately, that's what happens when they date older men. They get used in the situation. Then they'll find out he was married and she was the other woman. So another lie is, and I haven't talked about this. Another lie is she'll say something like, I've never cheated in a relationship. The lie to that is she has been the other woman at some particular point, meaning she found out she was with a married guy. Uh, women will openly admit, oh, I, I found out this guy was married. So you were the other woman. You found out, but you probably still continued the relationship. You didn't cut it off immediately. You still let him come over and lay the hammer down. And you were the other woman. So don't skirt out and say, I've never cheated. You were the cheat E. <laughs> you were the side chick yeah so this is what people have to understand in this situation right these things are all little misleading misnomers lies of omission changing the context taking the day uh taking the day out of context and all of these things taking a couple of words out or using words to change up the phrase in this situation i can count the number of men that i've been with on one hand what she means to say is what she means to say is, I can count the number of men that I've been in a relationship with that I've had sex with on one hand. That's what she means to say, All right? Just so you know, she's talking about the men she's been in a relationship with, not the one night stands, not the basketball player that was in town, not the dude at the bar, not all of these people. They don't count. A serious relationship. Yes, they were serious. They were headed down the aisle. They were looking at engagement rings. That's what she means to say, all right? All the hookups and the Tinder swipes, that's not what she means, all right? Those people don't count, <laughs> all right? So we got those. If you're just joining the show, number eight, I don't normally do this, is a lie, a misleading lie that they use against you. I haven't dated in five years. I've never been on a real date. This is a lie. 
All right. She's going to say that for you to escalate and go and, and try to impress her, but you can't impress her. I've flown myself to Paris. I've done Greece. I've island hopped. I've done all of that. Uh, number six is my phone died in any situation. I've never seen a woman had a dead phone. I've never had a woman come up to me, a stranger. Hey, you got a charger? My phone is about to die. And I got to text my boyfriend. How come when the phone was about to die, you didn't text the boyfriend that the phone's about to die? My phone is about to die. You don't text him. You just let the phone die. And then have him wondering for 8, 10, 12 hours while you getting your back blown out. Uh, let's see here. I promise you that I won't get mad. This is her for the gather intel and data that she can use against you later on. Number four, I'm on my period. All right, number four, I'm on my period. This is to leverage um, after a few weeks of interaction and vigorous friction. She now has to leverage. She has to leverage her 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 peace lead back into her advantage. And so she's going to gain from you and give up nothing. She's got to do this or else it'll be out of control. And she's going to feel like she's getting taken advantage of. And number three, I can count the number of men that I've been with on one hand. All right. That is a that's an absolute lie. Okay, uh, Cash App. Thank you guys for being patient. Okay. Hmm. Oh, Rip, River Bacon says, broke right now. Here's a sip of coffee. All right, appreciate that. Um, I'm going to take a sip of medicine at this point. Jay says, Jay says, I trust she is lying to me. That I agree. This is why I look across them at the table, and I'm saying, whatever you're telling me is, is not believable. It's not even believable. Acido Rusco says, shout out to the Notorious. We're in the Notorious CGA era. And I didn't make myself notorious. The streets did. Shout out to Boob. He says, the Minuteman gang in the building. All right, shout out to you five stroke specialists in the building. All right, you guys can't wait to get in there. You, you do all of that work to get in there and last 28 seconds. All right, <laughs> where's, my, where's my Minuteman Rory in the building? Oh, I can't even find Rory. You do all of that work to go in there and you be like, stay still, baby. Hey, don't move. Don't, don't breathe. Don't move. Don't wiggle your hips. Nothing. All right. <laughs> she moans one time and it's over. Roar. All right. I can't even roar loud. <laughs> Get myself the buzzer. All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. Who else is in the building? We're over on PayPal now. Um, I was going to tell a joke, but I'm going to leave that alone. Shout out to Andre416 is in the building. I'm working, but I'll catch the replay uh, or the playback. But what about love, coach? Relationships are about trust. You can't be bitter or hurt. Yeah, man. Um, so just because there's love, I know you're joking and being facetious. Just because there's love, does that mean she's not lying? That's my question to you. Just because there's love, does it mean she's uh, now immune from lying to you? I don't see that as a direct correlation. So say you're in love. Does that mean all the lying stops and that you can trust her? That's absolutely not. I think you can then now, you need to keep your guard up. You need to keep your guard up now, now that you made the commitment. G gentlemen, um, your commitment is one of the most important things that you can give to a woman. Um, a lot of people will say women lose in commitments and men gain. Uh, that's if she's in a traditional model. Even then, she's being having everything paid for. But what I would say is, in a commitment, you're naturally going to not be monogamous. You're naturally going to desire another woman. And with your commitment, you're taking off the opportunity for that. 
you're basically shutting that down and you're putting that into your subconscious. And even ever when it comes up, you're you're basically going to uh, try to bat it away and combat it by 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 holding on to monogamous theories, which is therapies. It's the newest form of relationships, monogamy. We've probably never been that monogamous in the last 2,000 years, maybe 1,000. There's really haven't been. The only people that have been monogamous have been the peasants. <laughs> you know, because you were lucky to get one piece of peace leave. I'm telling you, man, America is not that old. Again, uh, Angry Man said this. Most of our modern technologies, most of the technologies and um, leaps in terms of what we have, have happened in the last 150 years. Before that, we were the Flintstones. We were basically in, um, we were basically in sticks and stones. We were in sticks and stones 150 years ago. To shoot a firearm, you had to put the powder down, take this like this, <laughs> line your shot up, pow. Oh, damn, I missed. Put the powder in. <laughs> we were literally in the Stone Ages 150 years ago. But we act like we haven't had tremendous advances that have changed our context of how we live. Same thing with romance and all of that stuff. That's all new. We've been around for 200,000 years, maybe more as a civilization. But monogamy, that literally is a 2,000, at best, 2,000-year-old idea. Mm. At best. And I'm going to tell you, the only people that were following it were the gumps and the peasants and the people that followed the clergy. I'm willing to say 1,000 years, right? 1,000 years of monogamy, maybe 500. It might not have been 2,000. I know the Bible has been, you know, 2,000 years ago, and they talked about one woman, but they were also the first to have one God. The idea of one God has been very, fairly new. That's a new idea. But we think, because we've grown up in this time, that these are old ideas. It's one. It's a new idea. Most of the ideas that we've been um, socialized to accept have been ideas fed to the leaders, the administrators, the politicians, the lawyers, and clergy. And that's how they keep your ass in order. We didn't even have cars 150 years ago, barely. Airplanes, air flight travel, barely. Not even, not even. It was an idea. People was on horse and carriage with um, cobblestone roads. <laughs> like what? Now we driving down the freeway, riding dirty. A car is normal to have when it was a luxury. Airline travel, fairly new. Traveling as a uh, on a commercial airline, new. These are all new ideas and we're accustomed to a, a phone that you a phone that you can carry in your pocket. New a phone in general. New. Electricity. New. If you watch that that documentary that I had, um, the men who built America, go back and look at when they had um, the AC and DC with J.P. Morgan and um, Thomas Edison, how they were trying to bring in electricity. That was literally like in the, what, what year was that? 1896, right? In the grand scheme of our civilization, electricity is a damn, in your home, they used to have kerosene lamps. You used to have to have a, a kerosene lamp, light your, sh and then walk around the house. At 5 o'clock p.m., the night was over. <laughs> Time to go to sleep. 
But y'all, y'all can't sleep. That's why y'all depressed. Y'all can't sleep because y'all be up all night. Your whole damn circadian rhythm is thrown off because of electricity and access to information. With that being said, these ideas that we live today that we think are normal are not normal. Not normal to our civilization. They're absolutely abnormal, but we think they're normal. Mm. <laughs> All right, it's crazy, man. Now we got electric cars. It's, it's out of control, but we've advanced technology-wise. Remember, I grew up in a time that there was no internet. This is hard for you guys to believe. Somebody said, print out the map quest. I grew up in a time there was no such thing as people having the internet. My mother worked for a company and she came back to me. She was like, oh, there's this thing called intranet. This was like 1991. She said, there's this thing called intranet that they use within the company only. You had to be on their network, which with network is a new thing. And she said, we have this information. We could just call up all the information and we have email. Email. Email was new as of the 1990, 1991. New. New to the normal people, normies. And I got my first email account somewhere around, uh, uh, except for AOL. When I went to college my junior year, they were like, you have to get an email address. This is 1990, what was that? 1996. They were like, the professors were like, you got you to gotta get an email address. The only word for us to check it was in the computer lab. Because nobody had computers at home. Not many people had computers at home. And they were like, all the information, our technology is going to be such that all your communications is going to be by email. We were like, oh. And then the professor were like, go check your email. <laughs> so I grew up in that time. 1990s, email, mobile phones, barely. All right, beat me 911. So, uh. We got to understand that these are all new modern technologies and we've advanced so uh, crazy that most of this we can't even handle. We have all of this and we're depressed. Uh, we want to self-delete. Uh, we're unhappy. I'm not happy. Because, <laughs> because you have too much. In my opinion, we have too much. Hey, shout out to, we're going to call you uh, Big Black Bubba. What? Mm. Paused. <laughs> he said his name is Big Black Bubba. I can't say that. That's got to be a pause. But shout out to you. He says, Coach Gang is therapy. Yes, indeed. Uh, shout out to you on that, man. I'm, I'm, I feel dirty now. He even put the banana. He even put the banana on the, um, he put the banana emoji. He already knew. Uh, he says, spitting the truth. Appreciate you, Coach. That's what we'll call you, Leroy. All right. Y'all got the old in the pen names going on now. I think y'all trolling me. <laughs> That's what I think. I think y'all trolling me in the building. Uh, De-evolution class, turn to chapter eight, page 18. Read the second line. Patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Thanks, coach. Victory lap. Thank you, brother, for reading the book, De-evolution. Patience is bitter, but the fruit is sweet. Thank you, sir, for quoting me over on De-evolution. So a lot of people, you guys are trying to figure it out. Young men, you're trying to figure it out. We got the cheat code over here. We are giving you the information up front so that I know you're going to try it on your own because men are hard-headed. You're going to go over there, and some woman's going to put that whip appeal on you. You've got that whip appeal, so whip it on me. <laughs> Girl, keep whipping on me. Work it on me. Put all your sweet, sweet loving on me. 
All right. So, yeah, she's going to put that whip appeal on you. She's going to be nice and soft. You know, when the booty soft, you'd be like, ooh, <laughs> the booty all soft. You know what I mean? She just, oh, man, you like, ooh, wait. You can't wait. And then she starts leveraging on you. She starts manipulating you. And guys, when I say manipulation, this is an evil manipulation. This is something that they know they can use to their advantage. Like young women even know this. What's the best thing about being a woman? Probably having kids. Definitely having an ass. <laughs> you so grab your boob and you like, you calm down. It's like stress relieving. Yeah. I feel like if a cop like pulls you over, pulls you up or something, then you can just like cry and look pretty. Um, I think the best thing about being a woman is that pussy is globally accepted as a form of payment. Wow. Now, you know, we, we want to make it seem like women are naive and they don't know what's going on, but they do. They get a great sense of this when they start their development or when boys start getting injections of testosterone, all right? High peak <laughs> testosterone, which should be, I mean, you know, it's a great disadvantage for young boys because they're getting shot in the arm, all right? If I say all right one more time, take a shot. But uh, it's crazy, and it's a major disadvantage because there was a time where boys didn't go to school with girls, and they didn't go to work with girls and women. But between the ages of 13 and 25, the testosterone going crazy and women are like, we want to go to your gyms now. We want to go and work at your jobs. We want to go to schools together. How's that worked out? Somebody says we fit to be drinking then, coach. I know, man. I can't say all right now. I said it. High levels of testosterone. And then those are the years they're trying to push you to uh, co-ed with women. Right when they start developing, Mother Nature came in and sprinkled right over their little body as they were sleeping. All they had to do was sleep and wake up, <sighs> drooling. They had their bonnet on. <laughs> they just went to sleep like this. Mother Nature came in, curves, soft booty, you know what I mean? Plump breasts, nice shiny hair, nice smooth skin. All right, they, <sighs> <laughs> we're going to do this. We're going to give you the best possible uh, advantage to attract a mate. Mother Nature's in there sprinkling. <laughs> That's all they did. And the girls are like, well, are my shoulders distracting you? It's your problem if my shoulders are distracting you. You're talking to a high, highly injected testosterone male. Don't claim to understand men, and you don't understand why your shoulders could be sexual. There was a time where kneecaps were sexual. Okay, because women couldn't even come out and show their knees. Right? There was a time, I said, all right. They couldn't even come out and show their knees. They literally had to go out with them long-ass bloomers to the beach. Because if, God forbid, you saw a knee, you was like, Lord, have mercy. Is that her knees? <laughs> yeah, you seen an ankle? You were like, I can't imagine what her feet look like. This is just how men work. And for people who don't want to acknowledge this and then claim that we should just shut off our sexuality and turn it on whenever you're ready to turn it on, you don't understand men. So women will say, well, it doesn't matter what I wear. I can wear a potato sack and men will be after me. This is true. This, this is not false information. However, you're not dealing with the information properly by saying, well, just because you be uh, attracted with a potato sack, I'm going to have my feet out, my knees, my ankles, my titties, my cleavage, my butt. Uh, I'm going to have all of my form showing. I can see the knuckle, the camel toe. I can see the titties jiggling. I can see the long. Just because doesn't mean you could go just cross the line and say whatever. 
<laughs> All right. And then act like you didn't intend to get no attention. I didn't do that, but I put cocoa butter all up and down my legs. I got these legs glistening. I shaved my legs. And then they'll complain about that. Let's get you number two and three. I'm sorry, two and one. Number two, all my friends are men. All my friends are men, or I don't get along with women. This is only one that she can pull in the first two months of dating or interacting. This is a flat out lie. This is an absolute lie because it's a lie of omission. She's not being 100% up front here. Now, first of all, she doesn't get along with women. This is a, something that I've been pondering for quite a bit. A lot of women don't get along with women. They just use them for social interactions. A lot of times, even their close besties, they'll have clicks in the besties. There'll be five women. Uh, three really hate each other. Three, three people hate different three different people. And so you would be paired off over here with this woman in the group, and you'll be talking stuff about this woman over here. But if these two switch partners, these two partners will be talking cash-ish about the other women in the group. But they're there because they can't afford the socialization. I mean, they can't afford to not have the socialization, so they have to interact. This is how they learn. This is how they get their AI to process talking. This is how they get gather data. So they have to have these social interactions. So there's rarely a time that women are off alone, number one. Number two, if women don't like other women, why do they expect men to like women? So you by you saying, I don't, I don't get along with other women. Women are evil. They're deceptive. I mean, women will say this about other women. Why are men supposed to like you? Anything? Anyone that has a question about that? Why are we supposed to believe you when when you're in your groups of uh, uh, socializing with other women? You don't believe any of the things that women say. But of course, now when it has a, something to do with a man, you take the woman's side, right? But why are we supposed to automatically like you and you have trouble liking each other? I've always thought about that. And I want a good answer. <laughs> I want a good answer. And is it because we naturally are going to pair off and our interactions are going to be quite different from each other, but they're not going to be different. You're going to be the same as you would be with other women, right? So why am I supposed to like you? Why can't I say, why can't I say, <laughs> why can't I say, well, I don't like you either, but I need to deal with you. There was a phrase called, uh, can't live with them, can't live without them. So this is true. You're going to have that uh, attraction. So you're going to want to be with them. So it's not that you like them, it's that you need them. And they need you. So that's why we kind of go hand in hand. Doesn't mean we like you. That's what he says. We don't have an answer, coach. There's no answer to that. I'll, I'll, I'll pin you in with that question all day long. Any woman that says they don't like other women and they don't believe, I'm going to say, well, why should we like you? Just because you have a piece of leave? I don't know. Why should I like you? <laughs> I'll just need you for what I need you for. And we'll get along just fine. But don't get to telling me that I should like you. When you barely like yourself, hold up. We preaching in here now. You barely like yourself. You get in here. Well, you need to tell me you love me and do I look fat? Insecure about other women in your area because you don't trust the other women around your man. You barely can get through the day without popping a pill to like yourself. But I'm supposed to like you. 
Now, make that make sense. That's another question. Do you even like yourself? No, uh, I, mean, I don't like myself. But you should tell me you like me. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Somebody answered this question. I'm not trying to be misogynist, but what I'm, I'm, these are legit questions. These are legit questions. Anyway, all of my friends are men. This is the other deception here. Most of the time, these are men in her orbit. Now, some dudes will be in orbit for long periods of time until, until she, he catches her in weakness. Or these men are former lovers. These men are former lovers, and they just stuck around afterwards. These are former exes, and they broke it off clean. And she kept a good relationship with him. Maybe she cheated on him, and she's keeping him in the orbit as a backup plan. But all of these men have either had your woman or has a desire to have your woman. Right? This is just a fact. So if she believes that she can have a cohort of male friends without these men being aroused by her by any point, oh, man, that's I look at her like a sister. Well, according to Alabama, that's fair game. If you live in Alabama and you think of her like a sister, that's fair game. That's fair game in Mississippi. That's fair game in some parts of Georgia. Don't think Atlanta is what Georgia is like. <laughs> Outside of Atlanta, Georgia is slow. So that's fair game in the northern parts of Florida. With that being said, don't believe that lie that these men are just here. Or, um, oh, that's the next point here. <laughs> you know, oh, that's my play cousin. That's my play brother. <laughs> Especially you in somewhere outside of Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, they used to play when she used to wear them cut off jean shorts because she outgrew her pants. And she used to wear them cut off shorts and her little tank top. And she was running around there with a bird chest and they was playing house all in the back, disappearing in the woods. It's sitting like this in Mississippi all day long. In the heat of the night, right? In the heat of the night, six o'clock at the afternoon, your daughter missing. Where's she at? <laughs> they play in house. Mm. <laughs> well, since those days, those that was her play cousin. That's the play cousin. That's the play brother. That's what they've been doing. They've been experimenting. <laughs> Y'all remember what I was talking about back in there rolling in the hay. So, yeah, a lot of these men have been former lovers or anticipating being next in line, and they don't mind sticking around applying for a friendship. <laughs> All right, so, oh, hide and go get it. Yes, you guys, do, do they still play hide and go get it? That's what we used to play that, and we couldn't have been more than nine years old, hide and go get it. We used to play um, Ghost in the Graveyard, hide and go get it. Those were all games to start experimenting and touching. You can't do that now. The parents be out here monitoring you 930 at night in Mississippi. Okay, kids, you can't go this way. We used to be out here in the middle of the dark getting bit by mosquitoes. All right. Uh, playing hide and go get it just to put some stank on your finger. He wasn't going to slide in, but y'all know I'm not lying. I say the things I say the things I say the things that you guys think about that you're scared to say. Yeah, spin the bottle. Middle school, spin the bottle. Spin the bottle was all a sexual, uh, it was a early experimenting in crossing the line, kissing, touching, petting. Most of it innocent, you know, nothing with the clothes off per se. But you might, you might put your put your hands down a pants or something like that. Yeah, play doctor. Uh, let me be doctor. You lay on the table. <laughs> we all did this. 
we all did this. So to act like, you know what's crazy? They will act like teenagers. They're appalled by teenagers having sex. Um, I don't know if you know. Teenagers have the most sex. Truth or dare? There's another one. Truth or dare? Um, I dare you. Uh, truth or dare? Dare. I dare you to go kiss Tommy. Oh. Walk up to him and kiss him. Hide and seek. These are all some uh, somewhat pseudo sexual games for um for young people for young people but um somebody said seven minutes in heaven what was i gonna say um but oh by the way people always think oh teenagers shouldn't be doing nothing teenagers are the ones having the sex all right that's what they've been doing i mean look at the story of mother mary mother mary was uh immaculate conception but she was 14 the earliest case of teenage pregnancy if there is any you guys don't want to deal with that. You guys don't want to deal with that. There was a time women started having kids, 15, 16, 17. Y'all don't want to deal with that. Y'all don't want that truth out here. Again, modern technology has skewed everything. Modern technology has skewed everything. To get us to believe, we should settle down and look for partners at 32. 32. That has been against civilization for 200,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said, Coach, come on, man. Do you guys want the proof? Even the Bible scholars will tell you that. I should get to number one. Let me see here. How old was? I'll tell you this because I know the Christians, the lukewarm Christians are mad. <laughs> uh, here we go. How old was the Virgin Mary? The lukewarm Christians don't want to deal with this. So we'll use Google. I know this isn't the best way to do it. But we'll use Google and we'll use several different sources um, for this one. And Google's not the best way to do research, but we'll just type it in. While unproven, some, some people, accounts state that at the time of her betrothal to Joseph, Mary was 12 to 14 years old. According to ancient Jewish custom, Mary could have been betrothed at about age 12. Are you a freshman at the university? No, no. <laughs> you look like no. a freshman. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see here. This, how old was the Mary? He says, the Bible does not tell us directly how old Mary was when she gave birth to Jesus. We do know Mary would have been a young virgin when she said, uh, when she had Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew tells us this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to, the, to uh, be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. In this passage of scripture, we were not told the age of Mary, uh, told Mary's age, yet we, were, we are told she was a virgin, which doesn't mean what it means today. Virgin doesn't mean what it means today. But it says right here, it was pledged to be married to Joseph. During this time in history, Jewish girls would have been betrothed be betroth, be throttled. Be throttled sounds better. Engaged. Jewish girls would have been engaged to their husbands as early as the age of 12. Scholars believe Mary would have been somewhere between 12 and 16 when she had Jesus. Uh, given the biblical account and the Jewish culture practice in Mary's days, the most plausible age Mary would have been when she had Jesus was most likely 15 or 16. 
it is believed that Mary would have been about 14 years of age when Gabriel gave her the news of the Lord being born to her. Okay, so these are people, I mean, you can pull this up yourself. You can pull this up yourself. Now, I'm I'm assuming Joseph was probably as young as that, right? I don't think he was an older guy, but we don't know that. I don't know if anybody's ever asked that question. How old was Joseph? <clears throat> how old was Joseph? Let me see. How old was Joseph when he married Mary? Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> this says this says 90 hold up wait a minute 90 oh my lord somebody says free r kelly what or it says right here he had to be about 18 or 19 years old at the time So he was between the age of eight, according to Jewish, Jewish customs, Mary, you guys can see this, right? Oh, no, you can't see it. Uh, according to Jewish customs, Mary was married at about 12 to 13 years of age, and Joseph was about 18 to 19 years old at the time. This one says here uh, he was either 15 to 17 or over 30. <laughs> Yikes. Man, this is something y'all don't want to touch. Matter of fact, there's a guy here saying he was 90 years old. <laughs> what the? <clears throat> he was 90. Hold up. Fair so use. The question of how old he is. So we know that Mary is likely 13 or 14 years old when she's engaged to be married. Women lived an average life expectancy of 40 or less. Uh, they often died in childbirth and... Uh, okay, so listen, I'm not saying anything needs to change. What I'm saying is times of change, right? Um, let's go ahead and play this again. Fair use. So the men might live a little longer than that. But what we find, and, and you know, there are some who could live, you know, to be 80 or 90 or 100 at that time. But most young, most women died much younger. Anyway, we think that Mary is 13 or 14 years old. But how old was Joseph? And as we ponder that, uh, you know, you're, if you just read the Gospels as you read them, you would think he's the age of a young man who would get married when, uh, you know, when the story's on. Uh-oh. Oh, people getting uncomfortable now. They leaving. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just telling you, I'm not vouching for these type of relationships. But what I'm telling you is this is the stuff y'all don't want to talk about. But it's literally here. He's talking about it in his church. Let's go ahead and look at it. They scrambling now. Folding, and so that would be around 16 or 17 because uh, while a woman became a woman when she had her first uh, menstrual cycle, a man became a man when he'd been through an apprenticeship and he could afford to support a family. Oh, wow, wow! So that's kind of what's happening now. Women are asking men to be that, and some men are saying, No, you should love me, which is a mistake, I think, on men's part that are asking for submission. This is where I kind of agree with women where they're saying, You should be able to do this and that, and I'll do this and that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how it's always been. Since the first person had a, a, a cave, that's how it was. So once he could afford to support a family, he became a man. That was typically around 16 or 17 years old. So we might think that they're, you know, 16 and 17, and that maybe Mary's 13 or 14. But early in the history of the church, there became a sense that maybe Mary, maybe Joseph wasn't quite uh, that young. Uh -oh. So uh, there's some debate about this among various Christians, in, uh, particularly Catholics and, uh -oh. and, uh, and Orthodox might have a view, some anyway, have a view of Joseph being a bit older. So I want to just say a word about that and where this comes from. In the second century of the uh, Christian era, 
we find that there's a story called the Proto-Evangelium of James, which is the story of what happens before the Gospels. And, uh, and it tells us that... Uh, this is what the Crimson Capsule was all about. People talk about red pill. This is the handling this type of information. Because what people are going to say, well, that times were different. All right. Uh, well, listen, the times were different. We didn't have fire either for a long time. Should we not stop using fire? You know what I mean? Should we stop using the wheel? No, we're going to advance uh, as such. But there's some things that are going to remain the same. We use the same technology as we did back then. In this particular work, it's not a biblical work. It tells us that Joseph was 93 years old when he married Mary. 93 years old. What's up with that? Well, and so in this story, at least as I read it, in this story, I think the people who compose this story are wanting to protect Mary from being sullied by actually ever consummating a marriage. And so the idea, the story that developed was that the priests in the temple who were taking care of Mary wanted to find a grandfatherly figure who would provide for her and protect her. So uh, young women and older men have been a thing for a long time. Uh, just in our modern culture, we've gone away from that. And then what's been more prevalent is older women and somewhat younger men or older women, like 35, 40, when they're way past the, the childbearing years, right? So now it's more likely that, hey, just find a younger, I mean, an older woman. It's, it's fine. That's what you're supposed to do. When we didn't do that for a long time. 90, though, 90 and 13, that's pretty crazy. Let's go ahead and continue. But not ever actually be intimate with her. Because at that time, it was thought that being intimate with somebody, you know, actually consummating a marriage was okay for most people. It was, a, it was fine, but not for the Virgin Mary. And so there was, a, there was a doctrine that ended up developing in the church called the perpetual virginity of Mary, that, that she never consummated her marriage to her husband, Joseph. She never had any other children. Now, if you read the gospels, you'll find that there's a mention of Jesus' brothers or sisters. And so the story that develops in the second century is that Joseph had been previously married. He was a widower. His wife had died and left him with these children. And so mm. uh, these are Jesus' half-brothers and sisters. They are not siblings from Mary. And so so it still gives plausible, uh, it still makes the case plausible that this was an older man. So, uh, so anyway, not everyone who believes in the perpetual virginity of Mary sees Joseph as very old, but many people did. And I, so I want you to see this picture. This is from uh, Rennie Guido. And this is a, a beautiful picture Jesus. of the elderly Joseph no, literally. holding the Christ child. Now, again, there are some folks who, and I love that painting, but there are some folks who see even... The pro-blacks are irate right now. The pro-blacks are irate. How dare you? Pro blacks going nuts right now. Right, <laughs> shout out to the blow blacks. Pro blacks can't handle it. They like they out of here. Even Catholics who see that maybe Joseph was younger, and so you see this in the second picture that I want to show you. And this is a, a painting from the early 1900s, a very famous painting. In fact, the portrait of the child Jesus. Uh, was like something like 40 million copies of that were made in the early 1900s. This is from Charles Bosser and Chambers. And, uh, and he shows Jesus, uh, Joseph as a man who's maybe in his late teens or certainly early 20s uh, when he's father to Jesus. Uh, uh, Chambers also believed that uh, Mary was perpetually a virgin, but she pictured, he pictured Joseph as a younger man. Uh, throughout the history of Christianity, there were many Protestants too who held to this idea that Mary was perpetually a virgin. So Martin Luther, the leader of the Protestant Reformation, still believed in the perpetual virginity of Mary. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, believed that Mary was perpetually a virgin. So there's this idea that you, you didn't really want to picture that Mary might actually sleep with Joseph. And so the idea of him, Joseph being older sort of fits well with that and mm -hmm. the other siblings being half brothers and sisters. Anyway, anyway uh, in interesting stuff, interesting stuff. 
the Christians going nuts right now. Where the Luke, hey, the pro blacks and the Luke, and the lukewarm Christians are irate right now. <laughs> they messed up right now. How dare you, coach? How dare you? Hey, it ain't me. All right, let's give you number one. Hey, let's review. I know I just threw it up there. Let's review eight. This is a podcast. Eight is a, I don't normally do this. That's a lie. Uh, I haven't dated in five years or I've never been on a real date. This is a lie. My phone died. Absolute lie in the first six months. I promise that I won't get mad. All right. That's going to be a lie. I'm on my period, especially early on in a relationship. If she whips this out in the first three interactions, it's a lie. Um, I can count the number of men that I've been with on one hand. This is going to be a lie. All of my friends are men and I don't get along with women. All right. And going to be the last one. He's just a friend. Don't worry about him. Okay. So this goes along with number two, but it's his own one because everybody has this in the lexicon ever since Biz Marquis says, but you say he's just a friend. Okay. But many times the people who they say don't worry about are the people that you need to worry about. Oftentimes she's has these conversations about certain men. She brings the man up as a means to shit test you to see how jealous you're going to be. So this is an early shit test. And she wants to see how you react to her talking about other men. And so at first, it's cute little harmless entertainment for her. Later on, she'll do it again, but it'll be make you controlling and insecure and she'll use it against you. So this is how people work. So she'll try to see what you do. But then eventually when you do uh, something that she didn't anticipate, she will say, you're controlling and insecure. So he's just a friend. She might think that he's just a friend, but odds are he's more than a friend. He's more than a friend, especially from the friend's perspective. She's not going to be 100% honest about the entire relationship. So she's going to just push off to the fact that we'll just call him a friend, that I friend zoned him. He doesn't want anything from me. Don't worry about him. But like we showed you with the Sonia Curry situation and the Dale Curry situation, Sonia Curry cheated on Dale with Dale's friend from college. So just because she says he's not a friend doesn't mean that that can't exceed, it can't go to a sexual level. Friends can turn sexual. Just because she considers him a friend doesn't mean that it's not going to turn sexual in the future. It can happen. But she believes that you're so naive that you would believe she's able to distinguish between friends and sexual partners. Many times women will keep men around in their orbit to later keep the juices flowing and then have this, especially if she's in a relationship. Many times it's exciting to cheat, especially for women. They get to play this game and hide and manipulate and have her friends participate in it. And then it's the coworker, the work husband, the play cousin, the play brother, the friend, the old friend from high school. These are the people they normally cheat with. They rarely cheat with men they meet at nightclubs, all right, or men that they met at the grocery store. That's not how they're going to cheat. Most of the time, it's the people that are close to them that will cheat. And those men will understand that they can't blow up the relationship. It's a win-win for him. He gets to pipe her down and go back home. And he never has to take on the responsibilities of a relationship or a commitment. So it's a win-win for him. He's not going to ruin that secret. Many times he won't. A simp would. A simp would. But many times he'll be like, good, I'll just go ahead and hit it. And you can go home. We'll, we'll smash for an hour, three times a week, and I'm good. Unless he falls in love, that's a whole different story. 
But a lot of times this sets up the death by simp scenario. And she's taking time to work the other guy up so much and make you feel, make her feel, oh, sorry, make you feel like that former lover or the current lover is such an asshole that the guy will be worked up and he's already hating the guy. This is why you never believe. This is why you never believe what women are telling you about their previous boyfriend. I mean, some of it is true. Some of it is false. Some of it is a lie. Some of it, you know, I was in a domestic uh, abusive relationship. Um, he was an a-hole. He was financially, financially abusive. He was uh, verbally abusive. And they're not telling the whole story. They're not telling the whole story at all. And then you find out they laid up with this dude for eight years. Oh, it's been abusive since the beginning. And you laid up with him for eight years and I'm supposed to take you out to Roost Chris? He never took you on dates. He never did anything nice for you, but I'm supposed to do all those things. Like, how does that even make sense? You're putting the bar way up here when your previous guy was trash. And this is all uh, related to accountability. Excuse making. My relationship, my ability to maintain a relationship sucks so bad that I got to blame the guy on the exit. And she did nothing wrong. If women are telling you they did nothing wrong in a relationship, I was a good woman. And they just got ran over. I don't believe that nine out of 10 times. I don't believe it nine out of 10 times. Every now and then, exception to the rule. And she was doing everything. Every now and then, the guy will come out, maybe because he's missing her. Yeah, she was a good woman. She's absolutely right. I messed her, I messed her around. I messed around on her. Um, I cheated. He might be doing that to protect himself. He might be doing it to get back into her good graces. Whatever. And he's willing to let bygones be bygones. But for the most part, this is not the case. And so this is what you all have to anticipate. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. I'm going to get you guys to participate in this one. I'm trying to see if I can put a poll up. I'll do the cash apps. Uh, somebody said Kevin in sales. Do me a favor. Hit the like button. What my likes looking like? Yeah, hit the like button. <laughs> he said they're walking victims. Uh, the victim narrative works for them. And the reason why is because they've been in our culture, the damsel in distress and the naive woman is a part of our culture. We've learned this since the beginning. The three little bears in Goldilocks, little red riding hood. Um, uh, all of the, um, I'm going to save this girl some, some mean bad guy tied her up to the train tracks and the train's coming. I got to jump in there. She's just innocent and got tied up on the train tracks. Like how that happened? It could happen. But that's the damsel in distress. And a lot of women grow up reading these nursery rhymes and going, okay. They don't tell you how she got there. What were you doing in somebody else's house? What are you doing in the three Negroes' house? You went to a house. There weren't bears. There were black bears, meaning Negroes, ninjas. And you went in there eating up all of day. Uh, they called it porridge, but it was really grits. You went in there and ate their grits. <laughs> and you got exposed and you broke all of the three Negroes' furniture. And then you wanted to get out of here. <laughs> so you wanted to skedaddle and blame the bears. They're scaring me. Help. So this is all part of our culture. It doesn't, again, this doesn't mean these people are bad. It just means they're manipulating the situation by having you believe. Why would I have to lie? Y'all be lying all the time. Matter of fact, there's an article that says women lie more than men. And the reasons why they lie is either to protect someone, protect someone's feelings. Um, there was an insurance company that did this data. You're not going to see this on the mainstream. They're not going to tell you this because then it would make them out into a bad light or devious or deceptive. But it's okay. 
this actually helps men. How many of you guys have believed women and then all of a sudden you got deceived and you were like, damn, I can't believe she did that. I can. <laughs> They're human beings. He says, nah, coach, you messed it up in chapter eight, uh, page 118, line two. Women get the last laugh, but men, oh, sorry, women get the first laugh, but men get the last laugh. Oh, boy. <laughs> they're trying to change that too, right? That's something else they're trying to change. Like, never in the history of time. They be talking about 45-year-old women still got it. Like the pastor said, they be lucky to live past 45. But because we have technology, y'all can put babies on uh, all kind of uh, survival machines and keep them alive. And you can protect yourself through a childbirth process with drugs. They didn't have no epidurals a thousand years ago. <laughs> they didn't have epidurals a hundred years ago. I'm, I, and I'm just saying that off the top of my head. I guarantee you they didn't have it a hundred years ago. So again, we're, um, we're thinking we're taking modern conveniences and we're thinking that these conveniences have been around forever and they haven't. Back in the day, grandma would have like um, 20 kids, 17 kids, 16, 15, 13. How many people have come from a family where your grandmama had 7, 10, 20 kids? If you black, <laughs> one of your grandmammies or your aunts, old-ass Aunt Bertha, had 12 kids. And you're going, how? How the hell y'all have 12 kids? Now, fast forward 50 years later, fast forward 50 years later, you'd be hard-pressed to see a woman with one or two kids. You'll be more likely to believe she's probably deleted more kids in the womb than she has had birth kids. That could be true. <laughs> that conversation is tough to have, but that conversation is true. For many people, especially black people. It was very common for black people to push out kids. Now, of course, your friends, your glad handlers, your hot sauce in the purse has convinced you that if we put these Planned Parenthoods on every corner and prevent you from having 13 kids, it's better for you. Mm. When your granny was out here popping them out like gremlins <laughs> with the water on her back, she was out here... Planned Parenthood and the Democrats was like, uh-uh, you need to slow this down. And this is legitimate fact. We've already discussed this. We've already discussed this um, historically. I've done the breakdown on this. It was eugenics and uh, in motion. But these people are marching for it, acting like it should be your right. It's actually eugenics. And they're decreasing the populations, especially for Black Americans. Um, you know, they're decreasing the they're decreasing the population like crazy. So it's very common to see a woman with, now it's going into the future, you're going to see women with no kids. All right, they're not going to have any. So it went down from 12 to 2 to 1 to almost 0. <laughs> but you guys don't see it because you guys are a little bit selfish. Shout out to no government name. Or he says, Coach is JR. What's up, man? Just wondering, Coach. Should I run game on the criminal court judge I work with? I know Pookie and Ray Ray would, would with the Tims and the hat to the side. Did we show you that story? Um, You'll be all right. 
we shared the story of that little uh Filipino um what was it? She was a Filipino judge and she was getting clapped by a couple of the dudes that she a couple of the thugs. Who has the story? Coach uh Coach Junior is in the building. Who has the story about the female judge clapping cheeks? Female judge sex with inmate. I think she was having sex with inmates. I don't think that's very common, but a lot of female judge. Oh, here we go, right here. I want to get her picture here. What is this login? Oh, hold up. Oh, that's not the one. That's the correction officer. Where's the judge? Here come the judge. Let's see if they show her. Wow, this is a different story. This is a different story, but I see it's pretty common. This is what we share over here. here. Uh, let's see here. This is a different story. Female judge 52 faces discipline for having sex with clients half her age in prison interview room. Oh, no. Damn. Damn. Larry. So dude came in with the Timberland boots, hat cocked to the side, and there she is right here. And that's you. Let me see if anybody else has the story. Let me see here. So that that's her story. There's another one. Let me see. There's another one that was happening here. Let me see here. I think it was an Asian woman. I can't remember. Let me see here. Somebody told me the story before. Oh, man. Nah, I can't find it. But a lot of these things that people believe women wouldn't do stuff like this, and they do it all the time. They do it all the time. It's just that people don't remember. And guys, the reason why you don't remember is because a lot of times you don't want to share your secrets. This is why uh, abuse, when men are abused, when men are raped, when men are assaulted, especially when they're a minor, uh, when men are touched and assaulted and harassed, men don't report these statistics. That's why I don't believe the statistics when women uh, put their statistics out. Well, don't you know one in three women? Well, what about the men's statistic? What about the men's statistic? Well, then they'll be like one in 10. No, 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 no. You're not hearing the whole story. Men don't, men don't report. Either they're going to say, why are you reporting this? You should have think considered yourself a hero. You should have been lucky. You could have been keeping enjoying it. Why did you tell? Nobody's going to believe you. These are all the things that we did, but then when, no one's going to be like, this female judge touched on me. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. She wouldn't do anything like that, and she did it. Let me see. This is another one right here. Let me see this one right here. Okay. That's not it. I can't find the story. Let's get to these. Let's get to these, man. We we are here for entertainment. This is information that you're not going to find on your regular mainstream or blue pill channels. You're not going to find it here, unfortunately. But you're going to find it here. I'm going to dig, pause. I'm going to dig and do the research. Mr. Dale, we're going to call you Mr. Del Rio. <laughs> That's not your real name. On one hand, he says, on one hand, yeah, right, maybe if you count by 20s. And I, I will venture to say most men would want to know how many partners she's had, not just sexually, but intimately. Like she might be counting how many men stabbed her, you know. I want to know how many, you know, <laughs> I really don't want to know. I just assume the number's high. But if you talk about how many times she grabbed on some and, 
went down the gullet. Uh, if you count middle school, the numbers one hand by the time she got to the high school. Mm. By the time she got to high school, she'd been well-versed. All right, uh, Mr. Moon, Joshua Moon says, run from the community. Why do they want men that got out of the community to come back? You should come back. and You should pick some of the women here. Pick from the women that are, that are here. You mean the straggle daggles? No, they're there for a reason. You're going to get her and take her out of the hood. As they say, you can take the person out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the person. Many times, I don't know if you know the monarchies, the monarchies didn't allow for this. So if you are a person that is excelled in, in, in your class, you would not go down to the bottom and pick a peasant. You might have the peasant as your concubine or in a harem. You wouldn't certainly marry your wife, uh, uh, have her be your wife. With that being said, with that being said, even the people that are high in the status of whatever civilization they were in, they would never pick from the peasants. They would pick from the higher ups, the people that were trained. Now, this does lead to inbreeding, okay? <laughs> because the selection is small. <laughs> this does lead to inbreeding. So, but not so much today. <laughs> Especially if you come from somewhere small. This is my territory. This is my village. Then you come back, marrying third cousin. It's a, what a world. All right, we got a long uh, super chat. Mr. Bobo is in the building. Hey, Bobo, coach, you have changed the way I look at love when you said a woman doesn't love you when she tries to uh, understand you, I believe you meant to say here, or when she tries to change you. I've always heard how I need to, um, wait, how I need a master's or how I need a suit or tattoos on my arm. Yeah, that one's it. He says, sorry for the fractured message. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was often turned off by women who wanted me to have tattoos. I don't have tattoos. I'm not against men having tattoos. Women, and eight out of 10 times, I'm against it. It doesn't make any sense, especially when they're young. I'm like, dude, you don't even know who you are. You're going to put something permanent on your body? All right, um, but but um, when it comes to that, they used to be like, do you have, ooh, they'd be like, ooh, my God, oh, your body. Uh, do you have tattoos? And they wanted you to have tattoos. What does this mean? These people are used to being with Pookie, Chad, Ray Ray, Tyrone. And they want you to do this. They want you to be that to them. But the trap in it is when you become that, the trap is they're going to later use the victimhood mindset that you were a abuser. And then you're going to look like an abuser. <laughs> you're literally going to have the Timberland boots, the wave cap, the hat cocked to the sideways. You're going to have tattoos all over your body. You're going to show up. You have a tattoo on your neck. You're going to show up to court in a domestic violation case. And a judge going to be like, case closed. You're going to look like an abuser. Everybody going to believe her hook, line, and seeker. Yep, he looked like he a terrible guy. Now, don't be mad at me by saying that. That's society's, that's society's judgment on tattoos. Unfortunately, I can't change that. I just report on it. So you come into court trying to cover up all your tattoos, but you can't. You got tattoo tears, tattoo on your neck. You can't even cover it all up. You got tattoos on your knuckles. Yeah, you going to jail. <laughs> so that's just the unfortunate game that you play. Uh, in, in women's world, they want Tupac with a degree or they want the guy who is 
somewhat somewhat a bad guy to everyone else like he protect he he beats up everybody else but she thinks she'll never get beat up i'm like the guy beats up everybody else <laughs> like he's the one he holds everybody else accountable she's sitting up under him and he's calling people uh he's putting money on people's heads she don't think that's going to turn around on her <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy but hey listen i'm not responsible for they thinking he says, hey, coach, you need to do a show on Edward Boehner's The Father of Propaganda and his impact on advertising. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look that up because um, I'm a big believer in propaganda in multiple ways. Even <laughs> somebody got, got on with gold teeth. Even when the propaganda is good propaganda. Um, I think hip hop music has been propaganda and it's been financed by record companies to have an all out assault on the community and has never recovered. It's never recovered, and it's sold her the real black person. If you're not that person or if you don't listen to hip-hop, you're not real. Um, white people or white liberals will come to you and expect you to, to uh, recite every Jay-Z lyric, and if you don't know it, they'll say you're not black. So with that being said, most men have adopted the hip-hop lifestyle or the thug lifestyle in order to get attention from women or to protect themselves, either one, and they're not really thugs. All right, they're not really thugs at all. A lot of you got your sexual education from hip hop. If it wasn't for hip hop, you wouldn't have known anything about some fat whole lips. You wouldn't know anything about sex. Some of your first sexual experiences have been to hip hop, not prawn. So with this being said, with this being said, I think it has been uh, worse than the crack e epidemic. And it's almost self-inflicted. You know, the crack epidemic in the Oliver North and the Iran-Contra affair is somewhat... Um, it's somewhat the government and the FBI and the white white uh, supremacy pushing this into the community. So then you can say, hey, they did that. The Tuskegee experiment is somewhat of a 50-year process that you can say, hey, they did that to us and that's unfair. But hip-hop, mm. hip-hop, you did it to yourself. And it was many men's ticket out of the community. You know, you've seen several evolutions of people in hip-hop. They were started off as gangster rap. Then they went and started claiming they were a pimp. And you're like, wait, how were you? What were you, a gangster or a pimp? And then they eventually got into some sort of spiritual bullshit. Then they went and uh, became common. And then they became a comedian and a joke. A caricature of their first, um, first evolution of themselves. And just to stay alive, then they made love music for women. Like, what is it going to be? What are you going to be, hardcore thug? Or, oh, well, they can grow. But what I'm saying is, then you were a reggae artist. <laughs> like, so people evolved in order to stay alive. But if that's the case, if the person evolved, then they wasn't, were they really a gangbanger? Were they really a gangbanger? So uh, many of these people have become the best actors on television. Some of the best actors in movies and television have been rappers. Have you noticed that? So with that being said, how come they acting so good on TV? Are they acting on the music? Ice Cube, Queen Latifah, Will Smith, um, Snoop Dogg was acting, 50 Cent acting, Ice T. So were they acting when they were making the music? Absolutely. A absolutely. Tupac, another great actor. Um, anyway. T.I., yeah, man. So uh, people do not want to broach that subject. I actually talk about these subject matters because I want you guys to think. I love hip-hop. I love that ignorant, gangster, hardcore, uh, low-frequency-ass music, all right? It's motivating to me, all right? But, but I don't believe damn near all of it. Matter of fact, MTV Cribs 
was turned out to be fraudulent on various different episodes with some of the rappers. And they were saying, I got this and I got that. And it was absolute lie. It was an absolute lie. And it's a fake it till you make it type of music. They brag about it and then they get it. So I know people are, um, you're caught off guard with this type of conversation. Then you're calling me shuffling and Uncle Tom, but you can't deny it. I mean, you might be able to poke a couple of holes in my theory. Yeah, Pimp My Ride was a whole catastrophe. I mean, if you go back and look at what happened there, they weren't doing what they said they were doing. A lot of times they took away some of that equipment and rebuilt. Um, and it wasn't as good as they showed it. It wasn't as good as they showed it. So I'm telling you, man, uh, if you go back and trace the divergence of hip hop, and I say for me, it was around 1989. 1989, a number, another summer. Sound of the funky drummer, music hitting your heart. Look at female rap. Female rap in the early 80s and 90s, what did you find out? They wasn't writing the raps. Like the whole thing of an MC was to write your raps. Then you go back, Queen Latifah didn't write her raps. Salt and Pepper didn't write her raps. None of them girls in the 80s, going into the 90s, Roxanne shot Tay, uh, Roxanne, the real Roxanne, they were pushed ahead by men to capitalize on that market. They didn't even write their songs, which was which was the whole basis of being an MC. So think about that. They use ghostwriters. Um, Little Kim used ghostwriters for a long time, for a long time. Uh, B.I.G. wrote most of her stuff. And Cameron and all of these people wrote all of their stuff. So um, Drake is another guy who allegedly uses ghostwriters, but I would assume that he's doing it because he doesn't want to mess up his spot. So people do write things and, they, they put things in there, and you think he's creating these things, allegedly. And it's not really so. It's not really so. So, yeah, man. It's been a one big act. It's been one big act. And it's been impacting the community ever since. I think it's up there between the crack epidemic, Tuskegee Institute, uh, Jim Crowism, hip-hop. <laughs> Where are we at here? Hip-hop. It's got to go up there. You got to you gotta throw it in there. I know we don't want to, but it has done a number on the community. Yeah, kid and play, all of that stuff. So anyway, we went off on that tangent. So that's propaganda. That was the whole point. We've been victims of propaganda negatively and positively for a long time. And uh, here's another hint on this. When they silence one side of the argument, okay, when they say you can't say that or you can't be against them, we're going to quiet you down. We're going to delete you. We're going to deplatform you. We're going to de de uh, demonetize you. We're going to silence you. We're going to complain about that literally is propaganda. So one side gets to put off whatever they want. And the other side, we can't say nothing. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, who says this? Kevin says, my girl is pregnant. Any advice on the praying mantis avoidance? <laughs> Um, any advice on the, you can't avoid it. Hey guys, um, I always tell you guys, I always tell you guys that in all these interactions you have with women, a lot of times you don't listen to me. You don't listen to me and you think I can get by it or, or she's different. And then you knock her up. Once you get into the entanglement with the woman, all bets are off. Nobody can call it back. You can't stop it. 
You can't tell her to get rid of the kid. You can't assume that she's going to be with you forever. You can't assume that you're going to raise that kid from zero to 17. In fact, it is least likely that you're going to raise that kid from zero to 17. Very unlikely, especially I think you're a brother, young brother too. Very unlikely. As a matter of fact, unwed mothers or AKA somewhat single mothers is 78% of the community. 78. 78% of the kids raised in the community come from unwed mothers, AKA or, or slash single mothers or whatever. Most of these kids are not raised by their primary biological father. Most of the kids are not raised by their biological father. This is an absolute fact. And to hope that it's gonna be different is the hope strategy. So what you need to do is just hold on. I'll keep holding on. And by the way, you're going to be a deadbeat. Get used to be calling a deadbeat. You can be damn superhero daddy, and you're going to be called a deadbeat. They're going to minimize, minimize everything you've done. So I'm going to just say, hold on. You roll the dice. Now you're, there's nothing you can do. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Just go ahead and ride out the storm. <laughs> Hope she don't go crazy. Um, odds are she's going to change as a person. The person that you impregnated is going to be different than a person who is now a mother. And I always tell you why she's now achieved unconditional love for the first time in life. Her child will love her unconditionally, despite the fact that she's a garbage person. All right. She could be a garbage person. But her child will love her and you will judge her. Her Everybody around her would judge her and your her child will love her. With that being said, good luck. So here's the chart right here. Here's the chart right here. Uh, children raised uh, in the in any community raised uh that have parents in first marriage 22 percent 22 percent in the community parents in a remarriage nine so they got a simp step daddy step dummy cohabitating parents so these are the people that say well these aren't single mothers yes they, this accounts for single mothers and all of this stuff because they got cohabitating parents meaning they're not married but they do raise the kids together seven percent and then single parents 54 percent if you combine the biological father, he's in a relationship 22% of the time. 22%. That's your chances. That right there is your risk. So you're gonna be, you're gonna be um a debt. Get be get used to be called a deadbeat. Even if you're not a deadbeat, you can have the father of the year award. You can parade around here and take your kids to Disneyland. You can have your kids 50% of the time. They're gonna claim that you're an evil man in a deadbeat. <laughs> I'm getting that right now. I still get it. And I'm like, damn, what do I have to do? I literally could have washed my hands and ran across the country and get the same treatment. <laughs> I literally could have washed my hands when my kids were elementary school age and not seen them, not heard from them. I would have got the exact same treatment. <laughs> like, was it worth it? <laughs> How does that even make sense for men? Anyway, we got to wrap it up. We got... Uh, <laughs> He said, your pullout game is weak. Jeremiah Franz, this only channel live. Why you make it? Why you changing everything up? This only channel live. Oh, because I'm, I did that for monetization purposes. There's always a method to the mad, madness. So I had to get the watch hours on the other channel. So I had to get people over there. Now that I got the watch hours, I can't put that content over there because they're going to look at it and go, no, we ain't monetizing this. <laughs> so now I got to. Put other content over there to get the watch hours. Keep the watch hours up 
And then I can slowly delete the other streams that I know they're going to look at and go, we ain't monetizing it. it. There's a method to the madness. So that's why I need you to go watch the stuff that I put over on the Notorious CGA channel. And then if they agree to monetize it, then we'll put them back over there so you can super chat. All right, so that's what happens over there. But as you guys know, they don't like CGA here. We the notorious one. Let me make sure we got all of the last cash apps and PayPals um, over there. We do. We got them all. And so we're going to get up out of here, brothers. Shout out to the coach gang. We love everybody. We love the ladies with the feet pictures. All right, shout out to the ladies with the feet pictures, or at least the nice feet. No hammer toes. All right, and we out. I am not mad that you teenagers don't find me hot. I understand that this is not the desirable body type in your age group. But in my age group, I'm decent. And in your dad's age group, I'm a fucking 10, baby.